say that. Yeah, go ahead. Sorry to interrupt. Yeah. I was, I was just. I gotta say that I think it's probably because Ashes of Creation has been bitch slapping them in the face left and right, showing <laughs> what they can do with all these, <laughs> all these big amazing amounts of people. Yeah, that's Mark- gotta hurt. Yeah, that's gotta hurt. Because they're man. open yeah, and, sandbox too, so. And but Mark they Jacobs built their is, own engine. That's you know? the thing. He was, uh, the whole thing was we have to build our own engine because it's not possible to have hundreds of players on screen. And Ashes of Creation comes along and says. So it's kind of like I wasn't going to say uh, that, but that's yeah, fine. That I that have hurt. no skin in that game. So Fuck. I want to say I want to say this. Welcome to the party. We are looking for more your podcast for all things gaming with a focus on MMOs, RPGs, game development and gaming culture. I'm your host, Phoenix, also known as Samorg. I'm joined today by our returning party members. Let's welcome back Renfell. Hello, hello. And welcome back. The, 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 the Nathan. And then a napalm. Oh, it's different. See today. <laughs> Change it up. And then a napalm. The napalm. He wasn't here last week. You missed out, dude. It was a really good I discussion. Know. Jeez, dude. Oh, and there I were know. like moments, and I was like, "Oh, we really need him here." And he's not here to provide his <laughs> feedback. This is the moment. It would have been an opportunity for amazing content, laughs, possibly even a little bit of anyway. I'll leave it there. And people are like wondering what the hell I'm talking about. So this is where I say, check out the last episode. You can catch it everywhere. All the podcast places. What are they? You might ask. Well, before we dig in, I'll share that with you. But first, shout out to all the Imperial Flames, which are the supporters here on Twitch, over on YouTube, Patreon, all the places. Thank you for keeping this party's bags packed, provision stocked for all of our adventures here on the show. I like how that's oriented even more now to the D&D elements since we actually do D&D. Um, mm. also speaking of those podcast places, go over to at the LFM show on Twitter. Give us a follow, look for the pin post at the top. You'll see right there, all the podcast places. If you want to go to iTunes, give us a solid five stars. You believe in us. You want to do that. That'd be amazing. You can, uh, it. yeah, leave a comment too, because if you do, we'll read it on the show. And if you're like, I don't want to do a comment, Sam, I'm a little shy. It's cool. Maybe you feel a little more up to the, the voice format where you can do a call in at one five three nine six six four six eight zero one. Oh, you're too shy for that. You want to send us a little secret message? DM us on Twitter or shoot us a message at the LFM show on, at gmail.com. There we go. Spiels out the way. The hell we've been up to this week, gentlemen. How you been? No particular order. I've been recovering. So yeah. um, today is my fourth day of antibiotics and I'm I'm feeling much better today, thankfully. So hopefully I'm I'm out of the woods. Other than that, it's just been um, trying to get back into uh, play a little more Skyrim Anniversary Edition, um, making some videos about some stuff, doing more EverQuest. Nice. Thinking, I'm thinking our community is going to go to Lord of the Rings Online <sighs> after we finish up the uh, Mythical Raids, which we're starting on mm. February 3rd. So probably March, nice. March-ish. And of course, you know, EverQuest and EverQuest 2 just announced all their upcoming tle and tlp servers mm-hmm. so I'm, I'm pretty sure we're gonna do like a three-month block of like lord of the rings online and then mm-hmm. we're gonna transition to everquest one and do a tlp server but we'll see so that's what i've been doing is just relaxing recovering outstanding and getting through the oh and we did um, <laughs> i did a live stream of our point and click game today and <laughs> D stuff yeah 
Yeah, the D and D stuff's been fun, man. Nathan, you've been re- you've been uh, you weren't here last week, so I know you're leaving. Yeah, I made it. <laughs> yeah, I made it. I made it for the D and D, and then I left that following morning. So um, yeah, I missed uh, missed that. But um, tell you what, I've had a busy week. I mm-hmm. got back, had to catch up on everything going on while I was out of town, and then um, uh, you know, I have to say, uh, you know, coming up next week. Uh, me personally, mm-hmm. I mean, it's, it's Pokemon time, man. I mean, uh, got right. our open world Pokemon game coming out next week. Uh, is it next you know, week? I, I do like my Pokemon. Yes, oh, next shit. week. It's uh, next. Uh, what is it? Friday, the Releaser game or Thursdays? Oh, um, wow. Fridays, I think. So, yeah, mm. I think Friday, Thursday, midnight. Um, so, yeah, I've, I've been prepping up for that and I've been playing Skyrim because, uh, you know, I'm addicted to it all over again. And, um, I also uh, have started my journey again on the last expansion of this storyline for Final Fantasy XIV. So I had a lot. I've been busy. Busy man. Interesting. I've been looking. So is it the uh, which which game is it? Pokemon Legends Arceus or whatever? Arceus. Arceus. That's it. That's it. It's open world. (laughs) Open world. And when I say open world, before people start to call me a liar. Right. It's big open zones, and ah. the story will open another big open zone. It's not like Breath of the Wild where you can like go, go anywhere. anywhere, but it's for Pokemon, dude, where we're used yeah. to being literally on rails. This is going to be uh, something totally new and different. So, fantastic! That's going to be interesting. Uh, you know, I'm a uh, dude. Every week now, it seems like the Elden Ring is getting another update, like some sort of a teaser, and I've been I've been slowly like cycling that in and and talking yeah. about it they had one what's, what's um, the release date it's february, uh, february 26 to look on steam yeah but it's uh let me pull this Late article february. yeah my week's been crazy um i think aside from all the news i've actually got you know shout out to my editor alfina because i've been i think i chipped away at six videos back to back recorded all the video work which you know that's got to be my voice was about tapped out on was it Tuesday night, but we got videos that have been rolling out for all the all the different channels. And there was like a lot of different things I wanted to touch on. So I've got stuff coming out for Pantheon, uh, Rise of the Fallen, just a discussion. I did one on um, well, I did one on Ashes. Obviously, I always do Ashes stuff. Um, did I've got some stuff coming out for Arcage and some other ones, but I hit on I've been trying to hit on. I was talking about this before we started, but trying to hit on all these games like have been on the radar that I've talked about when I do live stream or we talk about them on the podcast. But I haven't actually like just done a a chat about for my own stuff and things to kind of really get the ball rolling and get some community sentiment feedback and uh, did one over Camelot Unchained, which I think went up yesterday so if anybody's interested yeah go check it out whatever see what you think tell me your thoughts if you even know about the game you're following it but overall i mean the biggest positive for when i do these things is i always look for community sentiment Um, so for me doing these types of things is important because you know we talk about things on this podcast or on the ashes pathfinder podcast just specifically for ashes of creation if you're interested in that game check it out on sundays 5 p.m but uh the reason that's important is because I do these videos like talk sort of oriented stuff, discussion, sort of ranting. Sometimes the important part, part is I always get like some feedback, like get comments. People share their thoughts, with it, whether it's on like uh, Reddit, Discord, uh, comment section, uh, Twitter, whatever it might be. And it's very influential because for me, it's important because that is a big part of these podcasts. Being able to take that community sentiment, 
feedback, thoughts, and really like, uh, I think advocating is probably the accurate word. I think that's a big part of what we do here. We advocate for uh, consumers, the gamers, community members, um, been doing it the whole time. And so, boy, posting that one, let me tell you, and the amount of time that was posted, the feedback I got is overwhelmingly not positive. I, I, I genuinely went into it saying, and this is kind of a, we'll, we'll talk about this and we'll, we'll p- hit into some of the other stuff, but I'm curious what you all think too, because we don't, we don't talk about Camelot on chain specifically a whole lot here. We've, we've sort of like piggybacked off of other, like we've sort of like used it as a reinforcing discussion point. Um, sure. But if you remember last July, it has been like really quiet publicly yeah. around that. Which game. is probably for the better based on what they've been doing. Yeah. Right. So I think say my, that. Yeah, go ahead. Sorry to interrupt. Yeah. I was I was just I gotta say that I think it's probably because Ashes of Creation has been bitch slapping them in the face left and right, showing <laughs> what they can do with all these <laughs> all these big amazing amounts of people. Yeah, that's gotta hurt. Yeah, that's gotta hurt. Because they're man. open yeah, world sandbox too, so and but Mark they Dickens built their is, own engine. That's you know? the thing. He was, uh, the whole thing was we have to build our own engine because it's not possible to have hundreds of players on screen. And Hashes of Creation comes along and says, "It's kind of like I wasn't going to say that, but I have no skin in that game." I want to say I want to say this. All right, because if we're going to talk about this game, then some nasty things have to be said. Yeah, just before any nastiness. I am actually a fan of Mark Jacobs. I, I am too. Dark yeah. Yeah. Um, I have a yeah. lot of respect for him. Even still, I'm a loyal guy. Mm-hmm. Once you got my respect, it's really hard to freaking lose it, right? right? I might lose respect for what you're doing today. It right. doesn't mean I lost respect for you as a person and your lifetime achievements, right? I think it's so, important to recognize right. the difference, but when you talk, yes. yeah, yes. absolutely. Yeah. yeah. So, um, yeah, just want to point yep. that out. I agree. But, but it's... <laughs> It's a complete horse shit is what is what his new project is. Yeah. Um, so here's the deal to me. At the time that he made the decision, we're going to build our own engine, which was roughly, I'm making up numbers here, but I'm pretty yeah. close around 2014-ish. Um, it was a great idea because at that time, mm. the engines that were available probably wouldn't have been able to handle it. Plus, if anybody could do it, he did a pretty damn good job of Dark Age Camelot in 2001. So, and and you know they i think they built their own engine then i'm pretty sure if not it was a heavily modified uh, sure. uh other engine. i think they made their own though so too. But in any case he had enough experience in like rvr combat lots of players on screen Absolutely. lots of tons of different classes way more than any other game mm. uh you know more races than any other game um since he had three you know blah 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 right but the problem is is that he took so long to release game this is what people are um uh, concerned with Pantheon as well. The mm. longer you take, yeah, the more outdated whatever it was you made becomes. Right, and with a small team, you get a much larger team than most projects uh, from the get go, at least um, that are considered indie. But even still, was a small team for making an MMO. He mm. took too long. Number two, he made promises that they couldn't keep, which I film. He thought he could. Couldn't do it. Whatever. Um, development's a pain in the ass when you're dealing directly with the public and they see your every move and watch your progress from beginning to end. Um, but there comes a point where you have to come to the, that realization, right? And instead of doing what a normal developer, I think, would have done in that scenario, he secretly started a new project to try to get more funding. And yeah. 
that's where just it became a complete shit show. And I, I was actually covering two major MMOs, Pantheon and uh, that game. That yeah. was my two games uh, back in the day. As soon as that happened with the Ragnarok, I walked away from that game. Like, yeah. okay, not going to continue to, you know, make a big deal about this project that i don't know if the game will ever come out i really don't um yeah it's up there with star citizen in terms of like i think how long it's been in development it's definitely been out i mean it was in development and went to kickstarter and and all that i don't know about kickstarter i think that was 2016 maybe i could be wrong but i i know that they were talking about the game well ahead of well ahead of that and i mean this game like i mean okay i do know it it funded two point i believe two million on kickstarter and i believe it's or two two and some change i say change loosely on kickstarter i know on their website overall funding that they acknowledge is 4.4 and some change million yeah so so it is 2.2 million okay thank you yeah and they um yeah oh 2013 okay i thought it was well before like ashes and some of those other games that were up oh yeah yeah because i remember that one being out before i even heard of ashes and i was like watching it loosely and going you know, I, I'm a bit I talk about this, right? Like, look, and to be fair, the video was not like a putting him on blast. It was gave some credit where it was due. You know, Dark Age of Camelot freaking rock did some great things. I mean, Delta Scrolls Online. I mean, they wouldn't have tried to model their own serial campaign with three alliances and all that. You know, having this like formulated in some ways. I mean, yeah, Dark Age of Camelot devs working on on that. So, I mean, the, clearly the, there's some there's some credibility and some you know kudos there. But you know, I'm a big Arthurian legend sort of camel. I love that stuff. Um, I'm a big fan. And, and so for me, it was it was appealing, but something just never really quite clicked. So I followed it because I was kind of like, you know, well, if it doesn't click, what do you do? You kick back, you chill, you wait and see what happens. And then the further it went along, the more I mean, then I started getting to ashes because I felt like the open world sort of sandbox element that was going on there seemed to resonate more for me. Um, and then it just seemed like it just felt more and more in limbo with that game yeah. um, to where I couldn't, I didn't feel like I really tracked it. And then leading up until like last year, that's where the heavy it came in. Cause all those questions about like, are you going to be, do you have the money? And I mean, it's a fair question. Cause just offhand, what did, what did, what did Chronicles of Illyria have? Was it 8.8 or something? Uh, I was 12. Plus. Oh my gosh. Okay. So, Chronicles of Valyria in a short period. Same amount of money. Had, yes. Same amount of money that Shroud of the Avatar raised, which was 12 ish plus. So, you know, 12 plus million. Way more money was in development less time. So, look at it from this perspective. How much money does it take to make an MMORPG? Obviously, it's going to de- be dependent on what your approach is, what the systems are going to be, what the vision is, and, and what's going to be, you know, what you're going to need to do. Making your own engine, lofty. That's yeah. That's not a small task by any any means. So almost, how much money is it going to take? Four point four million. I'm. I mean, offhand, I'd go. Ooh, you've been in development for how long? And that's how much money you've got. How are you continuing to fund this? And then the hammer was in July. People refund like refunding happening and all this stuff. And then uh, I think Mark Jacobs actually said like like rebuted like that they were having financial issues. And then it's just been quiet since then. And, you know, for me, that's that doesn't look that doesn't bode well. Yeah, it doesn't at all. And 
it appears uh, from the updates and everything that the team is super small now, um, and yeah, um, okay. it it doesn't it just feels like there's very 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 small increments of updates because they do post their updates. Um, they don't have the same punch they did. Uh, not as many people care or looking or. Oh man! Um, I mean, it just is bad. It's it's not good. <laughs> Okay, so there we go. Narrower guy. Its crowdfunding campaign has raised 4.5 million with Jacobs contributing an additional 5 million from his own assets and raising an additional 7.5 from investors for a total of 17. So there where are go. we at, you know? I and thought it was I thought it was close it, to is, it is it is much higher than I thought. Yeah. So yeah, so the the funding I spoke of too is specific to you know, like camp like crowdfunding elements and things like that. Because that's that's all I knew about was what was posted in that regard. But, you know, and of course, like, well, if you I, you know, what was really sad it was like some lady on uh, one of the posts that said, you know, my husband logged into the beta or whatever. And she's like, you know, based on like what they their perspective still under NDA. And he would and I guess they're going, this is never releasing in the state it's in, essentially. And I'm like, shit. Yeah. I mean, that's the community sentiment overall. I mean, there's a couple people that are like. Um, you know, this is this is for me ideal. This is the game I want to play. Um, I believe in them, but I mean, even those people have doubts. Even the ones that are our supporters have doubts. So it's like shit. Yeah, and it, it, I want to say this too. So um, I understand, especially a crowdfunded MMO in today's climate. Uh, any of the MMOs that are currently in development mm. that people aren't testing and they're just on the outside waiting for alpha or waiting for beta True. or waiting for whatever yeah. or even launch. And from the outside, them saying, like, I don't know if I can trust this product yet, right? That's, so I'm not going to yeah. throw my money at it until I, I, I know it's real. I can understand that. That's yeah. normal. What's yeah. not normal is people who are testing and are yeah. involved and they don't. They right. don't even know, right? Yeah. So, like, yeah. Pantheon's a good example. Everybody on the outside, not mm -hmm. playing, not getting tests right now, they got their doubts. They should. It's a it's a very uh, crazy world for a, 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 an indie MMO to try to launch in. But the people on the inside, we're like rejoicing and, you know, uh, inside the NDA uh, forums where we can talk, we're freaking out and right. having a great time. Because we, we see major progress, yes, right? Like, right. we're seeing it get close. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. um, so when you're on the inside, you don't have very much hope. That's super not good. Super not good. Yeah, dude. You know, it's it's it's, you know, with Pantheon, though, like I generally have never really had like worrisome vibes. Like, you know, when I talk about like my gut, this is specifically me as a human and my reaction to what's within proximity of me. I'm not a backer. Right. But I see more I have more confidence. And I think maybe it's just because I focus on MMORPG development and all that. Like I see trends in human behavior and things like that. And of course, me working in that field, I see patterns. Yeah. But I don't see the same. You know what I mean? The like the problematic concerning patterns that tend to sort of like manifest themselves. Yeah. For game studios. Like, you know, that's why I go back to there's there's only a couple games I've really seen that with. And you know, Pantheon, sure, they've had, from my perspective, they've had like, you know, they've made changes and things like that. But when you lose like the, the person whose vision is that's there, from my perspective, you lost the person whose vision was yeah. at the heart of this. Right. When you do, I think you're going to have changes. I think it's normal, natural that some things are probably going to change in regard to the vision because you've got different people and you don't have that same person who is like at the center of it, from my perspective. 
So for me, it's natural, but I still think overall they're adhering to the vision and they're still on track and changes have made been made. Sure. But not the kind of like issues that I see with these other games where it's just like, yeah, you know what I mean? But, Lack of consistency and because they're still and consistent. The changes, the changes yeah. that have happened in Pantheon 2 are still yeah. things that Brad had in his wish list, right? So yeah. like climbing, yeah. he actually spoke about that way yeah. back in like 2017 or something. Um, he just said like, I don't know if that'll be possible or if it's even worth it you know, actually spending the development time, uh, all the things so far they've changed weren't, they didn't change from the vision. It's mm. just, they've done things that Brad wanted to do. They didn't think they could do. And now they're like, yep, we can do it. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, uh, uh, overall, if you read the tenets, which he wrote, was like, these are the freaking commandments of my MMO. Yep. Game pillars, Every, man. Everyone, check, 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 you know? Uh, so. Yeah. Game pillars are still there. The vision's still, you know, intact. This is the same thing with Ashes, though. You know what I mean? Like, people yep. are, like, because they weren't planning to have parkour. It was never part of the deal, but they're an Unreal Engine game, so there you go. Yeah. Crazy, man. Let me look this at... This just comes back um, to all of the... Which we've talked about on the show before. Mm. When you're taking 10 years to push your game out, yeah. I just don't think it's realistic yeah. um, for... It's it's really not in my mind. It's not realistic to build an MMO unless, you, unless you've got a budget of 40, 50 million. Um, and I say that now having spent almost seven years of my yeah. own life working on something. And yes, it yeah. was progressing very well. Um, but still, it would have probably been 10 years for the Saga Leucemia to make it co to completion as well. Eight to 10 years in that bracket. And I just think that that's too long of a dev cycle because everything you talked about when you first pitched the game and started building it, all of that's no, it, none of it's relevant anymore eight years down the road. And even if you make, here's the problem, even if you, if you want to make adaptations along the way to update your game mm. and to make it more modern and to change the vision as needed to fit the times, anytime you make a change, that's more dev time. Right, and yeah. so you're just pushing that launch window further and further out. Mm. Whereas if you have a budget of fifty million and a team of a hundred people, and you can bang it out in four years, then you have something that can be a viable product on the market. Um, so I, I'm very hands off with. Um, I, I think I look at all of the games with the exception of Star Citizen. Star Citizen is a beast unto itself because it continues to raise tens of millions of dollars every single year through crowdfunding. So that's never it's not going to stop. It's 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 got its own thing going on and it's just not going to go away. But then projects like Camelot Unchained, which the funding has as far as I'm aware, there hasn't been any additional funding for years. So even though they might have had 17 million 10 years ago, you do the math on that. And if you got a team mm, of even yeah. 15 people, you're burning through $3 million a year. You know, right. after five years, you're 15 million in. After six years, now you're out of money. So it's like if you've only got a team of four people now, a team of four people can't realistically build an MMORPG. And this is this is the criticism I had. Um and I'm, I may hurt some feelings when I say this. Um, I'm gonna, I'm not gonna name any names because I don't want to offend people. There, there is a group of 
of and and they're all good people and they all have great ideas but it's a group of of small independent mmorpg developers and i've attended a few meetings and and it's a bunch of great people and they have a bunch of great ideas but the one that really struck out to me i i attended a meeting uh, october ish um october november and and everyone was talking about ideas and everything else and one of the individuals who i respect and i like and had him on my show one or think two times on my own Mondays and MMRG show was talking about the scope of what he was trying to build for his MMRPG. And he's a single developer. Mm. And the scope of what he was talking about building is like, that's going to take you another, th- literally I did the math live in front of, you know, the 15, 20 people that were there. And I was like, the, at the rate you're going, the amount that you've developed of that map that you're trying to develop, it's going to take you 30 years Ooh. to do it. If God. it's just you. And you're trying to build – and it's like the only way you're going to complete this in a reasonable amount of time is to get a team of 15, 20 people together, and that costs money. It's just yeah. money. It, it really does cost money. So, And and most of the developers in that group, it's little one- and two-man teams. And I am adamant that you cannot build an MMORPG with two fucking people or one people. You look at Project uh, Gorgon, husband and wife duo – They've been building that game for like 15 fucking years. Yeah. And yes, they did a Kickstarter like seven, six years ago, and they got like $60,000, which is not enough to do anything with. Um, and and they have since continued mm. to sell some copies, and they've hired some additional contractors and programmers and et cetera. But it's still mm. – we're talking – 15-ish years. I don't remember the exact time, but I think it's like 12 to 15. It's in that ballpark because that's what it's going to, that's how long it's going to take unless you have a team of 30, 40 people, even Shroud of the Avatar, which had a team of the, the one time, the biggest that it was that I know of, I went into the office one time there in Austin when they still had their physical offices and they had 36 people. And that Uh was like three or four months before launch. Um, and 36 people. And that was a game that had raised $12 million, sold 100,000 copies, and had done re- reasonably well for itself, and had a team of 36 people who, over the course of around five-ish years, I think, four to five years, um, had basically built that MMORPG. Um, and almost everyone on that team was a veteran. So yeah. they they were able to do that in that time frame because they'd all done it before. These These teams of people who have never built an MMORPG before yeah it's going to be a decade before the games see the light of day and 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 yeah, i'm not saying that. mark yeah and i'm not saying mark jacobs isn't a newbie he's not a newbie he's a no, right yeah but but i think what happened is just he at the time that the project started have to build my own engine because nothing's capable and then halfway through his project oh shit i'm married to this now but there are other options that would allow me to get the game out faster. But because I'm married to this option and I've already buried so much money in this, I have mm-hmm. to complete it. And that sucks. Right. And you know that Mark Jacobs could have got the funds from Epic to, to use their engine and make his sure. new Dark Age Camelot sure. type. Or is the demand for that, obviously, right? So that's got to be an ego thing at that point. Uh, <laughs> well, he definitely does have an ego. Uh, that's one thing he definitely will, does have. Uh, and- so. Oh, you know, it hurts. It hurts is my that feeling. the thing that's gonna? Is that the downfall of this game? That's a. That's my thought. What do you think? Do you think it could be? 
Yeah, and I tell you what, man, the saddest part to me is we've got some of these, um, you know, the old guard of MMOs, right? Uh, there's not many of them left, but we have a few. We've got Mark Jacobs, we've got um, uh, uh, Richard Garriott, um, and we've got, uh, you know, some people not, don't like me to mention his name, but we got some <laughs> way too. Like, right? Is he going to say it? He's not. <laughs> I say, he deserves the respect, damn it. Uh, he is an old school, he is an old school uh, visionary. So, um, and I might be forgetting some, but I mean, uh, that's, that's, and I'm not counting some of the games I never played, right? But yeah. um, the, the wife uh, husband combo actually is uh, lead designers from what was the one I never played uh, around EverQuest time. Um, uh, Dark, uh, no, um, that other one. <laughs> yeah, Asheron's Call. Asheron's, Asheron's Call. Call. Okay. Thank you. So, so they're, they're kind of OGs too, but um, Richard Garriott. Tried to make a game, uh, MMO, uh, using his name as the Ultima Online guy, uh, failed. Um, we've got now Mark Jacobs. I'm going to go ahead and call it. That's a failure. Uh, I don't see how they could dig themselves out. Um, they're going to have to launch a badass product at this point. That's the only way you can save mm, that. That, uh, which I don't, I don't know if that's possible. Um, uh, and then you know, uh, Brian McQuaid, who's passed away, and then Smedley. Yeah. Who maybe I said it <laughs> maybe has something cooking because there's something cooking. We don't know. We have no idea what it is, but he's cooking something at Amazon, right? Um, yeah, and it's not is. New World. He's not yeah. been working on New World. It was yeah. another MMO type game that oh, he's yeah. been working on for a while. Um, that maybe has some interaction with the EverQuest franchise. I don't think so. I think that was a, a misunderstanding of what was happening. I think he hired some people from that team. But in any case, that's it. That's all we got. And look, you just see them like, boom, didn't work. Boom, didn't work. Um, you know, uh, so it's sad, man. But it is, it is what even, it is. Even look at Crowfall because Crowfall was headed Ooh, by industry true. veterans who worked and built Star Wars Galaxies, Shadowbane, two big, old school MMORPGs that at the height of their success had hundreds of thousands of players. And especially when you look at Star Wars Galaxies yes. being the first licensed MMORPG in the Star Wars space had a big legacy behind it. Even those guys couldn't fucking make a game work. And, and some of that is related to it just taking too long. Some of it, I think, was just them being too adamant about a, a ridiculous idea yeah. that was never going to work in the first place mm -hmm. and yeah. not being willing to <clears throat> accept feedback from other people because it's like, well, we, we've had so much success in the past. It's guaranteed that it's going to work because we have these names behind us, which is what Richard Garriott thought with uh, the, the Avatar. Um, and so that's ego issues, um, you know whatever um but uh yeah it's it's an interesting conversation for sure i don't have any skin in the game with camelot and chained because yeah i don't care about pvp um but from a case study standpoint it's been a very interesting thing to watch because yeah it's been it has been silent for like two three years now <sighs> super quiet you know it's really weird was uh there, there's a couple uh, Twitters, which this is one of those things. I'm just like, it's just a weird thing to see this. But there is the Camelot Unchained Twitter that they were really popping off with during. It's like two, two to four thousand followers. I could be wrong. It's in the thousands. Though. It's not high. Um, but when you go and you look at it, it's like the last post or retweet was for 2016. And then when you go to City State Games, Oof. which is, yeah, that's pretty active. But it's just weird that you're posting, you know what I mean? 
Like you got the name on Twitter. That's what people are going to go to. They're not, you got to think, right? Like this is, to me, this is like basic. People are simple, right? It, it, speaking of like settings, like people, if you, if you got to make them go through too many steps, they tend to not pay attention, right? That's right. That's right. So you got to give it to them front and center. And if you got a daggum Twitter that's called Camelot Unchained, that's where you should probably posting your shit for Camelot Unchained. This is exactly yeah. why I've got a Twitter for the Ashes Pathfinder podcast. That's why I've got a Twitter for the Looking for More podcast. Everything that's a product or service of its own, you got to have thing. your own thing, right? I know it's like, but you can't be lazy on that, right? You can use your city state entertainment to retweet Camelot stuff, but you need to be putting it there. And that's the thing. The guy who's a little, I'm a little content creator, understands that this is basic. And yeah, I'm saying, but, right? but, what, you, but mm. what you don't know is that Mark Jacob actually made his own server for that Twitter account. And um, then they come out with regular <laughs> servers hosted by Twitter. And he was just kind of like, uh, snap. Well, they're good for that. <laughs> is that where Twitter spaces came from? Am I missing the memo? I'm just yeah, yeah, yeah. That was Mark Jacobs, yeah. <laughs> oh, no, dude. I knew a joke was coming. Like, you got to remember. I was like, here we go. Incoming. <laughs> Speaking of, like, uh, just kind of bombing it, remember uh, that company that's been bombing it with its community and games and, and a lot of things as of late? Anybody remember uh, Activision I, Blizzard, good old Bobby yeah, Kotick? I remember them, yeah. Right? And you know what? Here's something really interesting. What you got? <laughs> you giggling i mean you don't even know it's coming i'm just it's simple it's a simple thing nathan it's nothing oh. crazy i'm about to say except okay. it's common knowledge to most people it's been posted everywhere and um, we've shared it in discord it's just a simple thing that that uh, activision blizzards get bought by microsoft mm. oh it's another big mm. game company call of duty call of duty world of warcraft microsoft. warcraft here's a storm like all that Microsoft, yeah. Diablo, Diablo, Starcraft, all, all that massive power move. And I'll tell you what, Microsoft, I guarantee you, probably had their eye on them three, four years ago, but the stock value was too high. Right. All the fuck ups that they've made over the last two years have driven that stock price down right. to where a not a hostile takeover, but a no. takeover was possible because you got to think the board of the investors for Activision Blizzard. They're worried about profit. That's it. At the end of the day, they don't give a shit about anything other than profit. And a deal with Microsoft digs them out of the hole oh, sure that does. Bobby Kotick has dug them in. Sure does. And makes them a ton of money, makes everybody rich. You know. And it gives them the backing of basically the biggest, one of the biggest enterprises on the face of the planet. Um, and, and, the rumor is, thank you so much, Christina. Um, the rumor is that um, Kodak is out the door. Yeah. This is not confirmed. The reports are saying that he's out the door after the transition happens. However, he's still going to get a massive fucking golden oh, parachute sure. on his way out. Yeah, definitely. It's, I see nothing. I did a big video on this the other yeah. day. And I've been, I just, I see nothing but good things for this. My Xbox Game Pass ultimate is just going to kick ass over the next two three years i have nothing but good things to say about this acquisition yeah i think mm -hmm. it was a smart move by microsoft for sure um i don't give a, a crap about console wars right or nothing but what i will say is that um the only negativity that could come from this is that uh 
competition is good, right? Like it's good for all companies to have some competition. And at the rate Microsoft is going, it's not leaving much competition, right? Like Nintendo will be fine. They got their IPs. They lived off those IPs forever. They'll be all right. Uh, Sony, Sony's going to suffer. They're going to, they, they just got punched right in the nuts, right? Yeah. Now Microsoft is still the third largest video game, even after this acquisition and Sony's still ahead of them. Right. Yeah. But Nathan, I got to pause you for one second. Okay. Okay. All right. I I just want to say this. Okay. Just in case you, I have to say this because I'll lose it if I don't, Uh, Mm -hmm. just in case you all aren't sure who Bobby Kotick is this. Oh man. Damn it. Hold on. Let me get this. This is the face this is the beautiful face of the the leader, current CEO of uh, Activision Blizzard, right there. That's 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 the golden boy, Bobby Kotick. Please, Nathan, continue. This is the the face of a person you can trust. Just kidding. Yeah. Okay, go on yeah. Uh, this so so like we're we're running into an issue, I believe, where <laughs> this is how it's going to be now, right? Like Sony's been buying up a bunch of companies too, nothing as large as that. But now they're on the game, right? Now they're prowling the streets for another uh, big purchase. So um, is do we really, really, really need more giant corporate companies in the world soaking up all the uh, other big companies and, uh, and only have a few fish in the sea instead of a bunch of smaller fish to choose from? I don't know. But that would be the worst that would come from it. Yes, mm-hmm. but also I like what Cheryl just said because this is, this is important. Maybe Sony will step up now and really start embracing backwards compatibility. Also, good point. Maybe Sony will dig their heads out of their ass and mm-hmm. start embracing having this giant ecosystem rather mm-hmm. than forcing exclusives down everybody's throat. Good point. God of War right now is like the best-selling PC game for like the last few oh, weeks man. and it is yeah. just killing it. Deserves and it. it. Yeah, yes, it does I agree. It, but that that was game. a game that should have been, it should have been for everybody from day one, but instead it was, no, it's only console. I was bummed out by that. I really right. wanted to it's play a, it. But, I would rather Microsoft be doing these deals than Sony, right? Absolutely. Sony, it would be PlayStation or Bust, right? Yeah. At least, which they're getting a little better, you know, God of War, uh, Horizon, et cetera. But... Uh, Microsoft is more of a day one person. Now, I really, I really appreciate that, right? Like, so yes, their games too. will come out on Xbox, possibly freaking Game Pass and PC all at the same time. So, and I mean, Phil Spencer came out this morning, I think it was, and made a statement. I saw a Twitter. He made a tweet on his personal Twitter account and said that they're going to ensure that Call of Duty remains on the PlayStation because all these people are like in panic mode that Xbox is now going to come in and force Call of Duty to become an Xbox exclusive. And he made a statement and he says, the partnership with with PlayStation is very important to us. And mm-hmm. we think it's very important to keep that game on that system and to uh, foster continuing or ongoing relationships between all platforms. So he made a very generous statement, I think. Yeah. Um, I didn't see that. That is that is that's more generous than he had to be. Uh, I will say this, though. Sony started this war. Let me explain. They've been doing this Mm -hmm. game for a long time. But Microsoft does this stuff, too. But what really let me tell you what really why this is really happening, why Microsoft is coming with such a vengeance. Everybody probably forgot that there was a big war that happened during the um, 
PS4, uh, Xbox One times. Absolutely. Who is going to get, or I'm sorry, we've been to the PS3 in the 360 days, I guess, actually, when this started. Um, And it was who's going to get, Sony had uh, Blu-ray, Xbox was pushing HD DVD. Now, Blu-ray was the better option. It had more storage, et cetera. I thought HD DVD would win because HD TVs were new. Everybody's getting it. And I thought people, I thought the average consumer would just say, oh, I got an HD (laughs) TV. Let me get an HD DVD player. Um, Well, as we all know, Sony won that war. I was PS3. So every Blu-ray disc that Xbox has, they have to pay Sony a little cut, right, to use their technology. And I'm telling you what, if there's anything Microsoft hates, it's when somebody does that to them, right? True. To where they're like, we're going to give a little bit of our money to you, our competitor. We'll see how this goes, right? So um, this is payback time uh, for Microsoft. They're like, now you want that Call of Duty? Yeah, pay up, buddy. Pay up, pay up, you know? And they're going to have to, too. Yep. Yeah. I think I think Microsoft is like this is a hard flex, man. You got oh yeah, well, and a big flex. this is a massive flex, right? Because like I remember remember back when uh, they okay when they closed down. Remember when they closed down Mixer? I know Nathan, you we were talking about this back I was, then. Right? I, that was when I first started trying to get into streaming, and I yeah I went to Mixer right. because I said I'm a new guy. Yep. I can't do Twitch is too crowded. YouTube's yep. new, too new. I'll try Mixer. Yeah, so I, I went through that whole thing. Right. And people that did well on Mixer did good, but it was absolutely catered towards the console, specifically yes. Xbox. OK, so it worked great. So what ended up happening was they they had paid millions of dollars to get some of the biggest content creator live streamers over there. And they did. And those people. Right essentially got let out of their contracts early and they closed the platform down. Now we know why they weren't going to continue putting their, their money into this. They were going to go a different route. So not this long. This was smarter route too. This, this was smarter. I completely agree because my issue with playing Xbox has always been, they just don't hold titles that would give me a reason to feel like I've got to have this because I've got to play this. Right. Yeah. But, In the past, perhaps mm-hmm. not. But right. with the acquisition yep. of Bethesda yep. and Obsidian and NXI, right. all these amazing yes. studios that have made critically mm-hmm. acclaimed games over the last 20 yep. years, what's coming out over the next two to five years on the Xbox Series X, it's all worth it now because now right. you've got you've got the next Elder Scrolls. Yep. You've got Starfield. You've yep. got Avowed. You've got you name it like all of these games are going to be coming out on xbox and diablo and 4 diablo oh, 4 now dude mm-hmm. yeah, who knows dude um, you know another fallout you know yeah. another another starcraft um world warcraft 2 perhaps right. you know sky's yeah. the limit at this point <clears throat> yeah and, I, and let yeah. me just say one more thing the the xbox series x I think it's a fucking terrible name. Uh, that come it on is. Xbox, like what a shitty name! It's confusing to the average uh, your consumer. Xbox X. It's like Xbox X, Xbox Series X. Like, come on, dude, they're, they're totally different consoles. Play totally different games. Uh, that was a really b- stupid decision. Honestly, but, yeah. But the yeah. design of the console is freaking fire. That is a beautiful. It, it's a box. It looks, it looks like I can a show you mine. Thing. It's right here. I mean, it's and I will say, um, I'm so glad. <laughs> now that the acquisition happened, I'm so glad I went for the Series X instead of the PS5. Yeah, because I had a choice between the two, and I decided that I wanted to get the Xbox 
because of of what was coming up with Starfield, is it, I always forget the name of it, and Avowed, and the next Elder Scrolls, and everything else. And then they made this announcement, and I'm like, oh, I'm I went with the right choice. <laughs> thankfully, it is an mm. amazing console, though. I'll tell you that because, like, when I played um, the next gen stuff, like when I played Marvel Avengers mm. in 4K on a big 50 plus inch 4K TV. I've never had a gaming experience like that. Halo Infinite in 4K is fucking beautiful. Like <laughs> it just the, the level of fidelity is mm. and it's completely silent. The fan barely ever runs. Wow. And it loads everything like nice. that. It's just it's it's such a huge difference from the PS4. Like and I loved the PS4. Yeah, I did um, But but I I just did a video this morning um about you know, is Xbox Game Pass worth it? And I just went on a loving rant about the Game Pass mm. because I think it's an amazing thing. It um, is. And, and I've got the ultimate, so I get games for PC. I get games for the console. I could play in the cloud. I get cross-platform. I could do all these cool things. And now I'm getting all of these amazing new games that are going to be coming to the platform because of this acquisition. I just don't see a downside. Other than what Nathan mentioned, you know, you know, competition is good and, you know, otherwise it breeds stagnancy. So there is that aspect of it. But at the same time, I don't know, like Xbox, Microsoft, they're they're kicking ass and taking names right now. Yeah. yeah. You know, yeah. I remember whenever they had remember the Sea of Thieves, right? So they, they started to do this thing and I, I felt like I saw this coming and I feel like this is still I still believe this is what's happening because i always thought to myself it would be really nice if some of these console games were just playable on my pc right not in the way you got to go through like steam but like i can just play it here like the old school days in a way of like you just load the game up you can install like you could with your discs right because it started getting away from that and it started going to get our launcher do this stuff or whatever and when they they had CFDs and they made that to where it was cross platform, I was like, ooh, if they just had enough titles, right? If they just had enough titles where this was possible, like this would be freaking awesome. This would be phenomenal. And, and we're already moving in that direction now. Right. And, and, and they're the perfect and, place to do it is Microsoft yeah. operating system, Xbox yes. console. Boom. We it's, run them both. Um, it's it's I, like I said, I just can't see a downside for this because um, cross play for me has been something I've been wanting for years. Like I hate the fact that there are some things that you can only play on the PlayStation. Here's a good example. Elder Scrolls Online. Mm-hmm. I don't know that it's changed, but it used to be PlayStation version. You have that server and then PC version has that server and Xbox has that server. Like, right. and, and there's, there's, and it's like, well, then this sucks because like, I would love, I prefer to play it on a console, but all my friends play it on the PC. I don't want to play it on the PC, but the only way to join my friends is to play it on the PC. Yeah. And it's like, ah, I hate that. Yeah. So that's one of the reasons I love what's going on with, <sighs> with the Xbox game pass and Microsoft in general is because they're, they're making it to where at least within their ecosystem, mm-hmm. you can cross-play all of these titles um regardless of the platform that you choose um series s series x pc who cares like 
you know, and mm-hmm. you can go join your friends and have fun. Um, yeah. And I, and I prefer, I absolutely prefer just being able to play on my PC. And the reason because a long time ago, I came to the realization you're just limited in a lot of areas on performance, right? And experience because of a console. You still are. You can, It's true, right? You may not need to be able to have a better rig to play it and to have a good experience on a console like Xbox with a with, like you said, like 4K, awesome fidelity, all this. It's great. It's awesome, right? It's a perfectly great and amazing experience. But if you're those that category of people that like, you know, as technology continues to go further, you kind of keep up with it. Things can look better and better. That's the beautiful experience of having a PC and playing on PC games. And I think one of the examples that I want to use is Crisis. Remember the Crisis shooter game back in the day? Looked fucking yeah. awesome. It was amazing. The beautiful yeah. thing is that thing was totally made for better technology, man. Yeah, it, it was totally made for better technology. And as p- better technology came out and you continue to play that game, it continued to look better and better. And that is, in a nutshell, the reason I lean towards PC gaming, right? Because it would be a lot easier to sit on a couch and have a screen TV. Don't get me wrong. That's really cozy and comfy, super chill and relaxing. And I do miss it. But I just don't get the same experience for me, right, as a gamer that that I prefer that I can get with the mouse and keyboard on a PC. I yeah. Just, yeah. There are advantages. The one thing nobody ever talks about, there is the, the advantage to a console, especially the newer generation at this particular point in time. And probably because of the issues going on with processing, um, uh, getting, uh, you know, uh, graphics card, et cetera, this will probably continue for a few more years. Is that for some people, and I've talked to a lot of friends this way, <laughs> PC gaming takes too much tinkering. They just want to freaking load up the game and freaking play, and, play. Yeah. And, it, and it works, and it's yeah. the same, and they're even playing filled with everybody else on that console, playing it. This one doesn't have a better frames per second mm-hmm. than this person. And um, sometimes uh, I'm the same way, right? Like you get in, you play with the graphics settings, and then you go, you know, you change this, you change that, you see how that affects your frames per second, and you, you know, you're tinkering with things, and you're mm-hmm. deciding, no, you know what, I don't care about the frames per second, I want the max resolution, and you end up wasting hours. Now, PC gamers like to do stuff like that, but for some people, that's not fun, that sucks ass, they just want to play the game, and console, you just install the game you play and so, it's the same for everybody i would love to use my wife as an example of this because chris okay. could not give two shits about frame rates <laughs> or knowing she doesn't she doesn't know anything about it's completely fair configuration of all the options mm-hmm. like she's playing everquest 2 with me a few times a week right now and it none of that matters to her she, uh, what she's worried about is how do i control my character i'm still right. learning how to control my character Oh, I got a new ability. Now I need to learn that new ability. Oh, we're going to this dungeon. I got to read this quest line. That's her focus. And the thought, like, if I tried to tell her, like, if you want to play games, you're going to have to learn how to do all of this stuff. She would just say, fuck it. I don't want to play. What do I do? So a a console for someone like that offers that plug and play. There's a lot of people. Option. Yeah. You know people who don't want to be bothered with all the technical aspects. Mm-hmm. Um, I've always bridged the gap and straddled both sides of the fence. I like PC gaming as much as I love console. As I've gotten older, I actually prefer RPGs 
on the couch because yeah, I get that. I'm, I, I'm like sprawled out and I can have yeah. like four hours where I'm just like gut hanging out and just like eat my pizza, you know, I'm yeah. maybe exaggerating a little bit, but I like that, um, <laughs> that immersion. Whereas if I'm at my desk, I feel like I'm working. And so this is more for, okay, I'm going to go test a game for 45 minutes or so. Cause I don't want to sit in this chair for four hours. If I, you know, playing, I, I don't get how some people stream 12 hour mm. sessions. My yeah, max, hurts. Yeah, after like when we stream EverQuest two, like two and a half hours is like my cutoff point. Because after that, my back, my butt, I'm just like, I gotta get out of this chair. Whereas on the couch, I'm just like, I'm just gonna lay here. And I've had, I've had eight hour sessions on the couch and didn't even realize it. Um, So I don't know. They're both. I I like both these Mm. days. I like having my options. There Um, is a lot to say about that couch life too. Like, you know, I've caught myself um, playing games on the couch on, on consoles and I'll, my legs up on the back of the, where my, where my back is supposed to be. And, you know, you've got freaking beer cans surrounding you and pizza and, you know, you just, you can, you can totally just uh, melt into the couch. Whereas you, even with the world's best gaming chair, it's just a different atmosphere. So mm-hmm. I've also always kind of did mm-hmm. both. Um, I prefer PC gaming now just mainly because it's easier to record um, for that, uh, content. True. Yeah. Like I, I've got the uh, uh, Elgato that I can record console games and right. all that stuff. But I tell you what, dude, sometimes you just don't feel like moving the console around. Like, I, mm-hmm. you know, I want to play it downstairs. Usually, usually when I play on the – that's our biggest TV. Um, and, you know, unplugging it, bringing it up here, plugging it into that, and blah, blah, blah. I right. just don't feel like it sometimes. I know? will say, though, that Xbox has solved that. Yes. Because with the new console, you have two options. You can remote play mm-hmm. to your PC or you can play via the cloud. Now, I have tested both, and with the cloud, you're definitely going to have some latency issues occasionally because of the upload and download. But I have been – so I didn't even set up the remote play for like the first month I had the console. I just set it up last week. And now it's really easy if I want to record something. I literally just come here, and I – I just literally have the Xbox app on my PC and I can I literally I call it my machine is literally called the beast and <laughs> it's in standby mode and I just click it. I click it and it immediately loads up and I've got on my screen in that Xbox app. I've got the console ready to go. The only thing is you do lose some of the fidelity because you're not getting the 4K resolution because it's it's still streaming it to your PC over mm-hmm. the the connection so you're not getting the 4k stuff but for recording purposes no one who watches those videos on youtube is ever gonna know that that's not like right at, like the best resolution ever because it's a flawless experience so i will say that that has become less of an issue um at least with the xbox um because you can just you can either do it over the cloud or you can just tap in remotely within your same household excuse me and and play your games so i like i've been recording stuff recently um and and rather enjoying it you know for short stints um and it's great because i just literally set obs to run the xbox window and boom yeah pretty nice so Mm -hmm. so what you're saying and that's what i thought you could do is i could set it up to record me um 
upstairs at my office on my PC, but I could be downstairs totally playing it, right? And it would still be capturing the footage up on my. Could I do yeah, that? Yeah, and because I know you don't, you don't use a camera a lot of the time. I because I stream with my face yeah. on screen, but I know you do. You don't learn to do that. So literally, you could just literally go up to your upstairs, turn on the console through remote mode, set OBS up, have it start streaming. And then you could go back downstairs, pick up your controller, and just start playing. And it would be capturing all the footage upstairs. If I did that, I would have to add a camera downstairs with a very long tethered line all the way to my PC. (laughs) Because then I'd want everybody to see how... How How uh, casually relaxed they are. Yeah, how absolute garbage I become when I'm uh, on the couch. (laughs) (laughs) Check out my couch in my belly. I have debated it because all I would have to do is turn the webcam to the left and the sofa's right over there. Um, but usually I'm not in a presentable state when I'm on the sofa. <laughs> yeah. so like, I don't want cam. to see me like that. Yeah, it's not the same kind of couch cam as the one these people like to joke about around here, which is also blasphemous lies and slander. So Actually, my positions are quite similar. I'm just saying, you know, a SIM card here, <laughs> right here, is, is gold. This is, this is gold. Oh, no. Okay, so uh, anyway, um, what's been going on? Uh, what else I got on this list? Uh, that's a nice camera, by the way. <laughs> It's 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 gotten its fair use too. Um, I think I got that. Yeah. Before, end of 2015, nice. I think mid 2015. Dude, you know what though? Steam actually does a really good job with their like being able to play games remotely from like another computer. So like the tech's definitely there for for this stuff. It's just a matter of it making its way to the right places where it can be optimized for different platforms, but. You'll see this thing. I mean, we're, we got man. There are a handful of other things. I'm going to save the the one to to rule them all for the last. Um, That's a hint right there, ladies. And gentlemen. <laughs> you didn't wait for it. Okay, New World. Yikes! Did you see what that? What the fuck is up with New World? What four, every four bucks every week? It's like every week since launch, I'm hearing something else about this game that just blows, man, and not in a good way, not the way you like. It just sucks again, not in the way you like. It ain't a good time. You gonna take off the character creator? By the way, this is the way you like. Um, <laughs> got plenty of that and if you're wondering what the hell he's talking about because you're one of the people who listens to this when you're actually (laughs) driving around to work and stuff this is why i say you just gotta be here for the live show because even when this makes its way to youtube you might see the visual references but you miss out on everything happening in chat right now which is lol you're the worst oh my god lol i'm not saying what it is i'm just saying also renfield's lying so there's that but dude character creator you have to take the character creator offline after this game has been out for months it's a this is as dumpster fire as it gets sorry it's back on now so okay so it's only been off for like days (laughs) and it's only been for several days The DM uh, never lies, by the way. Um, right. Maybe exaggerate the truth a little bit. Uh, like right, that right. I said I, right? We don't lie. We just mislead you and misdirect <laughs> your attention. So, oh, man. You Todd, then. Wrong about, yeah. you know, a game that's been out for six God months, bless. whatever, and they still have to keep shutting down aspects of the game. It's like, what? What did you? How badly did you fuck up your source code? when you built the game you can't help but wonder you're continuing to have these these issues 
Um, they're just a little small indie team, man. They're doing the best they can. It's <laughs> a small indie team. <laughs> it's true. It's fuck. Amazon does such a damn good job when it comes to some of their movies and their shows, in my opinion. But when they do games, so far, boy, I'm glad that that Lord of the Rings game so far is like kind of off the radar. Needs to be if they're ever touching it. They need some success stories, man. This Dude, when you're it. riding on Smedley to save your, your MMO uh, career, that's <laughs> not a good place to be. <laughs> Again, respect to the guy, but you know, I'll do respect to Smedley. Yeah, 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 I love the guy. I, I'm, I'm only joking in jest and fun um, times. It's, uh, yeah, it's... They haven't had a big success with any games yet. Um, it's unfortunate. I know they're the next one that's coming out for them is Lost Ark, right? Like next, the yeah, right, yeah. They're only publishing. They're right? published. Yeah, just right, publishing yeah. it. Yeah, because that game clearly, like for people that don't know, it's been out and you know the Asia, over in Asia, like for how long? Like it's been like a year or so at least, right? And, and it's been very successful. And they were gonna bring it. They're gonna bring it over. They're gonna publish it. I played it. I checked it out. It's. it's I didn't like it. It, it looks great. The story's like question mark. What the fuck uh, doesn't work for me. Doesn't resonate, which is a big, a big miss. And then you're going to tell me I can't Dude, I ranted about this yesterday. You're going to tell me some of the most foundational keybinds are the ones I can't actually change. Uh-huh. Yeah. That's a no, bro. How did no go? A no, bro. As in you ain't no homie. No, the, it's like an important one. You can actually change a bunch of the other keybinds, but these specific ones you can't. And again, yeah, there's good. there's ways around it if you tinker with your keyboard settings, like there are with a lot of other games, which we talked about as well. But the the normal person ain't got time for that shit. You got to put it right there in front of them, man. And that pisses people off to have to do all these back road things <laughs> to get stuff to work. Like it's just like, dude, every. Like <clears throat> games from twenty five years ago do this, right? Like that's it, it's unacceptable. It's a, they get away with murder sometimes. I tell you. I'm curious when you said there's a was that was that Alex slash Slurpee? I'm gonna type that in chat again. You got to be here to know what I'm talking about. But we talked about. I did hint at it earlier. But this dude Elden Ring is just oh, I'm trying so effing hard to not be just at the seams bursting for like excitement and i'm not one that tip this is gonna be a super saturated game to try to even live stream right i know that i completely know that but like and and with games like potentially like this or with like zelda like zelda's console if i can play one on the pc then it's easier for me to stream it this i'm afraid this is going to be the one that's gonna i'm gonna get clipped mouth breathing a lot on oh yeah you know what i mean oh yeah yeah we're yeah, just yeah. like so I'm glad you mentioned that because I I have caught myself I watch I watch my streams back sometimes, and I totally do that. Like I'll get wrapped up and, and literally it's like man, my mouth is open for like 30 minutes and I don't say a word. And it's like everybody's like when you're streaming you're supposed to be constantly talking and I'm sorry sometimes that's gonna get happen so with me it, on this one. Like a little bit of drool coming down the beard. You know? And I need people to translate a woman like yeah like actually means like when I'm live because. This this link I posted in chat, I, I literally did a video, right? Barely start talking about it. And it seems like it's it seems like every time I catch wind of some news right now, they're doing a good job of like just preparing, rolling that little 
little like morsels out there for people to digest a little bit at a time at a real nice steady pace of keeping you hungry and wanting more because it was like this was like the dragon the new the the spells leak it wasn't called leak quote unquote because it feels like it's you know it's it's not like it's totally pr right but they're like i'm like seeing that dragon i'm like damn that looks sick as so i have a question because I, I am not hyped about this game like everybody else is. I'm interested, and I definitely plan on playing it. But I have not seen anything that talks about the story of the game. All I've seen is a lot of hype oh, yeah. around the combat and the visuals and how it's open world and lots of lots of open world, lots right. of boss fights, lots cool. of world, which is great, fine, whatever. Yeah. I don't give a shit about mm-hmm. boss fights sure. unless they're relevant to the story. Mm-hmm. And all that I've heard about the story is that George R. R. Martin got paid a chunk of money to come in and write a mm-hmm. backstory and create the world within which this game exists. Right. But I have yet to see a single video or article really? or interview talking about what is the story. Oh, like, it's so, there, but it's it's not so, expansive, but it's there, yeah. Or well, we don't know if it's expansive or not. Let me explain. We don't know, yeah. So the the initial uh core audience yeah. that for this game is going to be people uh, mainly Dark coming Souls, from Dark yeah. Souls, right? Mm-hmm. Dark Souls has a cool story, but it's kind of like a background kind of thing that, you know, you 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 organically, I guess is the way to put it, learn what's going on um through gameplay, very gameplay oriented, right? Um and it has a cool story. It's actually really cool, but um it it's hard to say it's the main theme of the game. However, this is just my hypothesis. I believe that they're just keeping it under wraps until the game is out. Same. Because they just don't want anybody to say, oh, my God, they took Dark Souls and they added this ridiculous long narrative to it. And I don't feel like dealing with that. They want to get those Dark Souls in there, people Mm. in there um, for sales and also because they know they'll love the game. Uh, But I believe for people like us, because I'm with you on that, I want this to have a damn good story because I know it could. Needs Um, to. But I think we'll be shocked when it launches and we start seeing like a really sick right. background opening scene and freaking this and that. Uh, I really do believe it's right. going to have a, a good story. Um, yeah, if it doesn't, it's going to kind of like and, and by the way, the video that does out like it was their book of three weeks or so ago or something. They had that video that released and it was like talk about the tarnished and they gave a little bit of a, there's a little bit of a blurb there. It gives you something to work with. But it's absolutely just a teaser. And and I agree with both of you. Like for me, story is big. I love the gritty dark fantasy element. It is like so freaking awesome. I love it so much. I love that. However, the story's got to deliver because it can be great that it's an open world game. But otherwise, you have what happened to me with and I love Breath of the Wild. But this was the pitfall for me was when the content for continuing to explore the open world is just going to these shrines and doing these little puzzle things, that isn't that isn't going to hit for me, homie. I need no, story. That's my concern right. with 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 Elden Ring is that because I haven't seen enough of the story elements presented in interviews yep. and so on and so forth. My concern is that it's just going to be a big open world where you're going to go around and kill a bunch of bosses mm. beca- and 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 the main draw on that is all of the bosses look amazing, the animations are amazing, it's all unique fights and that makes for a very challenging combat-oriented game, which mm-hmm. is okay, like, but I great. need 
for me personally. It's not Dark Souls. Story. Yeah, it's not Dark Souls. So I think you gotta. It's got to. It's got to spread out the story more, and it can't be so linear. Like it's great if there's a story that's awesome. Like and I, and I'm just saying I don't know what the story is, and I, and this is like the big delivery point that's gonna either make me just be like extremely proud that this game exists because we need one of those in my opinion. Yeah. Yeah. This is the difference between whether I'm going to be really proud it exists or I'm just going to be happy that it, yeah. that I played it. Well, is well, this is the main story can be good, but you need an open world game to have its own side stories that are meaningful and impressive like I don't know like the Elder Scrolls right. games so did. God of, God of War. God of War is, is good too. Yes. That that the, the most recent like if you've never played that like that main storyline is great but the side quests they're all like 10 hour adventures and yeah. so it's not just a side quest it's a actual storyline in and of itself and you're still interacting with the characters from the main storyline so like those two dwarf brothers like yeah. they did a really good job with blending all of those elements <laughs> to get oh man i could totally play that game a third time like, which is what i want about it it's like ah. yeah that's what makes an open world rpg good though is replayability and enough story aside from that main core story that keeps you wanting to go explore the world because of what you'll come across outside of bosses and farming you you want those like random interactions that you're like that you didn't expect or could have known about any other way than you just happen to like find it and you're like oh shit and then that's the thing that keeps like people talking about it it's what keeps it legendary yeah have either one of you played jedi fallen order no but i heard it was badass it's uh, that's another game i've played it through twice and i'm 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 waiting because it's on games pass right now it's for the xbox and i'm like i'm so tempted i'm like i could totally do a third gameplay because that's another one where they've got a really good there's not really any side story in that game. It's pretty much a linear experience all the way through. But everyone has talked about how that game literally encapsulates and captures the essence of being a Jedi, like the lightsaber combat and the storyline. There are people who have written reviews about how that game is the best Star Wars movie that has been made since like Return of the Jedi, like because it's such a good experience that it is like a, a film in and of itself and the visuals and the cutscenes and everything else. Um, so, I mean, I love games that have good story like that, which is why I'm still again, I think visually Elder Rings looks amazing. And I know that George R. R. Martin being involved adds a certain level of pedigree to the sure. story but I still haven't seen it. So it's like, right. come on, like I need to know because if sure, it's good, if dude. it's good, yeah. I'll go balls deep. Like yeah. I'll be balls deep. For Nostalgia balls deep even. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Uh, that's a new thing. Awkward moments, but you know what though? That's, it's great. He's a part of it and everything, but it's got to have, this is a great example. Just cause you got a name there. Doesn't mean it's going to be great. Like those yeah. MMORPG examples we made, right? Because you got the people there doesn't mean it's just going to fucking be awesome because they're there. Like, you know, the investment and like what you're the story you're trying to tell is very important. Yeah. Anyway, we get a rant about Yo. this all day. Jeez. But I'm excited. I'm trying. I'm tempering my excitement expectations, though, because. Until I see it and experience it, I can't say shit, but 
I can tell you the the gamer guy that loves a really good story that can get lost and immersed in wants to be extremely stoked and hyped for this and i'm just tempering myself i'm like oh that looks so good damn that's so great i have i have very high hopes for starfield like i i love science fiction Mm. and it's not very often that i get a really good sci-fi rpg because most everyone wants to do another Mm. skyrim like so it's always like more fantasy stuff or they want to try to rip off fallout you know and and i just i can't get into these lower quality sometimes um and and it's bethesda they don't normally fuck things up and and they've been working on it for a very long time and i know that they've used these words which they shouldn't do but like (laughs) todd howard has said it's going to be skyrim in space and that's i feel like that's not fair not fair to say that to your fans because you're just trying to you're trying to hype it up at that point yeah you're setting an expectation too and that's what's care you got to be cautious about with that sort of stuff but they do cheryl just said this too they open to interpretation they, they do exceptionally good jobs with their stories in their games fallout elder scrolls so i have very high hopes for starfield mm-hmm. um and 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 that's that is one game i'm looking towards and going i have a feeling if that if that game does pan out and it does provide that experience i will lose myself in that i'm um, <laughs> also you know a... just the harry potter game um oh yeah hogwarts legacy tree it has me intrigued same curious they're, right, they're in some development issues right now yes so right we'll see what happens but yeah <clears throat> true uh yeah I, I i'm really excited about starfield too um i think it's funny though that now he's coming out openly and saying this is skyrim in space do you remember when fallout 3 bethesda got the rights to make fallout and everybody was saying oh it's gonna be like skyrim with guns and they got all pissed off like no it's not it's not skyrim with guns and it came out and it was like yeah it's kind of it's just though. <laughs> 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 which Ooh. i'm cool with right like um skyrim in space sounds really cool to me right like that sounds really freaking cool um i don't normally get into uh sci-fi unless it's like super high quality um mass effect yeah um, uh you know there's some other examples i can't think of but um i am excited about starfield because this is bethesda just does things that nobody really can replicate the way that they there's a certain attention to detail that most developers would shy away from because of the bugs it could cause because of the issues, game breaking problems. Mm -hmm. And I got a little bit of respect for Bethesda for being like, Oh, well, it might break the game. We'll figure it out, you know, or uh, whatever. I I got a little bit of respect for them for doing that. Sometimes I know it sucks Mm -hmm. sometimes because, uh, some of those bugs are pretty devastating, but like mm-hmm. it's worth it for the experience. Unlike what anybody there's, there just don't play it safe. Um, and I, and, and so I'm really excited to see us not be able to um, know what's going to happen next. And we're lost in space. That you know, should be a lot of fun. I, I agree with you, man. You know who we got to really give it up to for just being innovative and, and bringing you a beautiful dream. Uh, the one that we can all, you know, a true reckoning uh, is uh is is good old any I, i'd love to go play in in the university avatar if you can make a good story and i know they've been working on it for a while did you all see this avatar reckoning yeah, making yeah, the did. world of pandora and mmo in 2022 disney partnered with 
bunch of other people. Ten cents in there. Oh, rip the dream. I feel like it's going to get ripped. I I I covered this a couple days Shit. back, like a week maybe a few days ago on on YouTube. Oof. I so I'm 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 anticipating the, the open mobile. world. Yeah, here's the thing. I'm highly anticipating the the Pandora's End game or whatever it's called that's coming out on the yes. next generation consoles. So supposedly this year from right. from Ubisoft. That game looks amazing. True. Looks immersive. I could give two shits about a mobile mmo rpg like yeah. it's like just, oh that's, god it yeah that's a deal me. breaker for me that's a deal breaker for me there's been a couple projects where i'm like whoa wait a oh. minute this sounds really interesting and i see mobile i'm like eh, forget mm-hmm. it. i don't care I, and i did try star trek fleet commander or whatever it is because i was like this sounds cool i'll try it out on mobile and then i was like within like a few days i said nope, nope, i'm done like they made some very crazy statements about this game too. Like the press release is like groundbreaking visuals for the mobile platform. And I'm like, I'm sorry, mobile platforms don't have groundbreaking visuals. If you want to talk groundbreaking visuals, let's talk PC with a 3090 or let's talk next generation consoles. Mobile devices do not have next generation groundbreaking graphics. Right. So that press release made me laugh because it's like, oh my God. Um, and then they make this whole thing about how you're going to be able to build your avatar and customize it and level it up with your friends mm-hmm. and it's MMO shooter RPG. And it looks from the, the only thing they have out right now is a landing page on the website, which shows a top down view of some ships which makes me believe it's going to be like a top-down or isometric style like Diablo um, or Path of Exile, where you're going you're gonna to have one thumb that's going to be moving the character in, a diff- in one direction or the other, and the other one's going to mm-hmm. be doing abilities. And you'll have like, like Black Desert Online for the mobile, the thumb that controls the movement, and then this one has like four different abilities that you can tap. And that's what I see this being, and it's just... Yeah, I, I. you know what? I remember a time when MMOs started coming to consoles and everybody was like, oh, you can't. The complexity will be gone if you bring to consoles because the controller. Um, and, you know, Final Fantasy fourteen actually was the one to finally solve that. We're 36 actions on a controller. Um, but I'll tell you what, dude, saying you're going to bring an MMO to a mobile device, I would be more excited if somebody announced we're making an MMO and mm-hmm. it's also going to be on the Nintendo Entertainment System, I would be more excited about that than I would be about mobile. Mobile is – it's a phone, right? Like it, the games on it are garbage. Um, uh, even the good games on it, you know, we, you can get addicted to garbage games when you're out and about, right? And just be like, you know, I'm I'm out here and we're at work or whatever and I can play this uh, fairly simple, uh, cheesy game and have some fun. That's that's fine. But if you actually expect me to come home and sit down on my couch with my freaking cell phone and play a game for real for hours on end, multiplayer, Oof. you're out of your mind. You're out of your mind. It's not going to happen. It. it never will. It never will happen. Yeah. Ever. I don't, I don't care if the technology and phones surpass the PC. I still wouldn't do it. It's a phone, dude. Like, I'll just... Some of that. It's, it's going to be one of those auto pathing games. I'm just going to like, I'm yeah. gonna, I assume already yeah. it's going to be an auto pathing MMO that's going to basically run and do all the fighting and everything. And what I'm going to have to do is make sure I click on my screen every time they do a pop up to have me collect something. Basically, yeah. 
what what Arcage is trying to do with their game right now, which well they've continued to do with their game over the years, Arcage Unchained. But if they keep it on PC, they just avoid the foam part. It's pretty. I much... tried Elder Scrolls Blades, by the way, and I really yeah. wanted. I wanted to like it, but the shop. I lasted. I lasted the money three part. days. Yeah, I, I played three it three days and uninstalled it. Yeah, I played it for. I've pl- I've had it on my phone, and I played it when it was in beta. But the problem is, is it's had such a heavy focus. It basically does to you what the Elder Scrolls Online does to you with the Crown Store. Yeah, only and that's the problem. You're really dependent game. on their. Yeah, you're really de- you're much more dependent on their shop for like quality of life shit. Yeah, and that's I, th- I feel like, like that's going to be the focus of any mobile game that damn. ever comes out Rip. is it's all designed around a cash shop. Yeah, um, and so the, ex- the the core uh experience of good gameplay mm. is already out the window because we're already making the assumption that the whole reason we're doing this is because. Don't you have a mobile device? Like they they know that it's going to generate money because of clicks. And so it's just built it's it's basically a cash shop with graphics. And at yeah. that point I'm out cuz I don't want to play a cash shop with graphics. I would love to play a good game. I don't care how you monetize it if it's a good fucking game. But if you if you've built the cash shop first <laughs> and that's the core reason for the thing existing, then you've already lost me. Like Yeah. I agree. You can't be good at that point. Yeah, so th- this game like is is unfortunately well not really unfortunately for them not for me it's just like too often things are being modeled around like the wealthy you know someone said something on a video once of, that I had posted about um, basically made for the professionals the people that you know work have gone through school they've gone they've gotten whatever they've got stable income and they can just dump it in you know. Like the, the wealthy person's game, like the person who's and by wealthy, I mean, you're not fresh out of like school, going through college you or whatever. dollars a month of disposable. You, you could if, if you wanted, you got you could dump that money right into the game. And that's more and more often what it feels like is that that's kind of where we're going with a lot of things, both mobile and otherwise, which is what they call the whales a lot of times, too. Um, when we talk about, well, that's a lot of what people are talking about, but. So this one comes from Scribbles, right? He sent this to me and I was like, this is interesting. Yahaha Studios raises 50 million for a no code game creation metaverse. I'm really hating the word metaverse these days. Yeah. I'm really not like liking it. It's just up in that it's up in that NFT domain of like, I'm just like, ah, you know, but this one I'm like. I don't know how good of a game, like how how deep of a game you might be able to make with this. But have you all even heard of this? No code. As no. in they're not going to code anything. So my perspective is this seems like what they're going for. And I, I mean, I just feel like it's a matter of time before we got to a point where someone was going to try to achieve this anyway. But think, okay. what is it, Weebly or what, whatever it's called? It's like a drag and drop website sort of website thing. Developed. Yes, right. I know exactly what you're talking about. So I feel oh. like maybe what they're trying to do is like that, but for gaming. It sounds like it because if you read the press release, I just scanned it. Yeah. And it talks about having every user be a content creator. So it sounds to me like what they're doing is they're building a uh, module-based system where anybody can come in with no programming experience and drag and drop things into the game and create their own little unique experience, which that it's kind of a, a 
it's not necessarily true that it's a no code game because someone, yeah, i.e. the developers who are building the platform, you still have to code. Like you can't get around that. You have yes. to code. Mm-hmm. Which is a good point in chat to this exists in, in engines like Unreal Engine 5. Uh, to a degree, I, I blueprints are kind of like that, though. But I still feel like it's more like the Weebly approach. And yes. you're going to be limited because yes. you're going to be using modules. I'm trying to remember this game. I actually, it was a Stadia game, I think. And they were trying to do something sort of like that, where you could go in and you could like create in this like fishbowl a game. Um, and you could use like their their blueprints, their modules, whatever you want to call the interchangeable. is doing that, you know. Yeah, sure. sure. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Right. So I do want to I do want to say something about blueprints very quickly right. because I am sure. actively building a game in Unreal Four, and we're using blueprints mm-hmm. for our game. Blueprints are same. really cool, mm-hmm. but they are extremely limited. Yes, because you can only do certain okay. things within the parameters of that. If yep. you want to do custom cool shit. You have to have a programmer who right. knows how to come in and add code yep. to that. And that's um, the same issue they're going to have with this, in my yes. opinion, because yes. you're going to have the same problem. It's going to literally be we got the modules, we got the little chunks. Uh, okay, no problem, Nathan. Um, they, they, right yeah, they've <laughs> got the chunks, they've got these modules, they've got these like plug and play things, but you're never going to be able to, you're not going to have a custom, like a true customized, like tailored experience around someone's vision because they're going to be working out of these little cookie, cu- it's a cookie cutter approach. Yes. And the problem with that is, is you start to have too much of this one of the same dynamic. It's, you know, what I mean, it's going to be like, we've made a shooter, but you jump in and literally, everybody's making brs or something like it's going to feel like another one of the same there's only so much customization they're going to be able to allow you to get away with right i don't i don't think it's going to be that you know like um, i don't think it's going to be that amazing i think it's gonna be great for something simple but but i think the reason they got the money is is because they're 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 using the metaverse hype word I hate that. I hate it. Everybody's jumping on that NFT metaverse bandwagon right now. If you use if you use that terminology, Mm -hmm. um, you and I both know an individual who remained nameless, (laughs) who who I I kind of chuckled when I was in a meeting with that person because the Uh, whole thing was, well, I know I'm not going to be able to get money on Kickstarter, so I'm going to (laughs) go do NFTs instead. And I just went. So the whole you're you're basically saying my game's not good enough to get money on Kickstarter. <laughs> yes. But if I slap the NFT yeah. title on it, yes. I can get money. So I'm gonna do that. <laughs> oh so gosh, dude. It's the biggest, yeah. It's mm, we do. That shall remain nameless, but uh if you're ever watching and you know who you are, you're a fucking joke, dude. I'm gonna say it. I don't care it's, how it's taken. It's 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 easy and scummy from my perspective on too many levels and it's just not fucking honest to the people so no we well, gotta build a good Thanks. game first yes oh, oh Can- we're talking about we're talking about nft uh just using that word as a yes. yeah word, yeah as a way to get funding like i'm gonna build an nft game that's in the metaverse and investors go new hot item here's 50 million dollars like oh. that's what everyone's banking on right now with this nft craze and it's just I don't like I've, it, man. It, it sucks. It sucks. It does. Well, well, maybe it gets a little pressure off the MMOs. In my opinion, getting, you know, completely devastated by uh, um, right starters. Maybe the, <sighs> the NFT market can become its own little thing, right, and separate themselves from uh, 
Well, you know, we talked about that, right? Like how Kickstarters talked about. I think we talked about it a couple weeks yeah, back. They're going, yeah, they're going crypto. Yeah, well, like fuck, man, forget. I mean, a lot of like game devs aren't going to even want to touch that. I don't think. Like, I, I don't think they're going to probably want to do that. But we'll, we'll have to see what. Well, the I'm not. Holds. You know, here's here's a quick little insight into mm. my brother and I having had some conversations about it. Um, we're not doing any of this. With right. What we're currently working on, but we have absolutely already talked about. Because we're trying to get all of this stuff wrapped up by middle to end of this year and have it all out the door. And what's the next project? And the next project is, we've talked about some things, which will probably be an online something. And we've already discussed, like, if if we do that, and if, if, and only if, the NFT market has proven that it can actually sustain healthy projects without having scam shit associated with it um mm-hmm. then we might look at having aspects because i always come back to the speeder bike thing from star wars Old Republic because we have these speeder bikes from the <laughs> launch of the game that are no longer available and if we could sell those for real life currency they'd be worth 10 i remember when the, the back in the day the red set of ranger armor in everquest one which I cannot for the life of me remember the name of right now, but it was a red set of plate armor that Rangers could wear. And mm-hmm. then they, they took it out of the game. There was a set, a guy had a set of that armor and this is like 2000, 2001. He sold it on eBay for $10,000 because he had a set of that gear and it was so rare that people went, Oh my God, we have to have that. And wow. I look at that aspect of it and go, if we could have, if you can make that work and have a good game that has that kind of, that aspect of nfts in it the, not the jpegs but the actual yeah. ownership of of in-game items that mm-hmm. part of it's cool but the the whole i'm just going to use that word to get fundraising fuck off i don't like it it just it seems like such it seems like the common it's the common thing and then you get you get these amazing dreams that try to come true like dream world that are just from my perspective hey, guys <laughs> i've got a good idea i've yeah. got a good idea <laughs> Let's make a very simple game, right? Right. Where when the when the player logs in, they're in a mine, okay? And they dig through the mine, right? Oh and as they're digging through the mine, and, and these are horrible graphics. The graphics don't fucking matter, right? Uh, yeah. They're digging through in this two-dimensional game, and they're mm-hmm. digging through the mine. But uh-huh. every time they, they poke a little chunk out, on the back end, it's actually mining for Bitcoin. <laughs> And and then it tells them they've got to you know after you mine for so long it lets them know that they that they're that you know the how the tally rate of the Bitcoin okay freaking genius or what it's you actually are mining a, for Bitcoin and we get a cut of all that so and we get a cut big, yeah we're the we platform yeah we're the platform what do you guys think let me know in chat I think that's genius I think it's genius let's do it. <laughs> <laughs> no one wants simple no let's do it i mean you know it, it seems a hell of a lot more honest than a lot of the things we've seen these days yeah, lately right uh the, i don't know I, I have to ask on this too now i know i, I got know some people who watch this and uh we'll, we'll we'll get we're gonna kind of like ease our way into this we've got some things in the geeky universe that are coming to us real soon one of them is well there's that what is it the the Game of Thrones uh, series, right? There's a pre, a prequel sort of thing that's coming out. Did y'all hear? You know about that? Yeah. So I'm yeah. curious about that. That sounds great and everything. 
We'll have to see. I like backstory. I like, you know, when you go, it's like Lord of the Rings, right? Lord of the Rings, The Hobbit, that's a great story, but it's really even makes all that better when you get the context of all that stuff that went down beforehand, Just I'm really happy that Christopher Tolkien actually went and put those together. It may not be written in the same way. Like, it's not like a, you know, bona fide novel, like some of his father stuff, but like Baron of Luthien is like one of them, right? That's a good one. There's a lot of the the sons of was it Hunir, the children of Hunir or whatever. Of Hunir, right? Yeah. That's those are two really good ones, right? Then there's like the the history of Middle Earth, which uh, uh, Christopher did, and so like without those pieces, like I would say this from my perspective, I haven't read them all, but from from what I've read of them and and some of them that I've read and and the research I've done, without those that he that you know Gerald Tolkien's son did, without those, we would not in my opinion we would not have as rich of a universe of tolkien if we didn't have that stuff so think that sure. he did an admirable job of yeah. keeping his father's work in the spotlight for decades a long after time past. absolutely I, I think otherwise the hobbit could have very well and lord of the rings could have very well fell by the wayside because it you know usually when an author dies that's the end of it you know but in this mm. case his son carried his legacy i would also say that um Brian Herbert has done the same with his father's legacy for the Dune series of just continuing to create all of these uh, backstories and prequel novels and tie-in novels about the history leading up to the novel of Dune. And for people who are fans of the Mm -hmm. Dune universe, that has provided them with this rich tapestry to pull from. It also ensures that any sort of content that comes out whether it's a film or a TV show or a video game is going mm. to have a modern audience primed and ready because that content has continued to be remain relevant yeah. um, in, in the current era. Because even as much as we all love those of us who are the book readers, we love the wheel of time. That was very much a product of the nineties. So once Jordan died in the early two thousands, you know, wheel of time's over and done with it's, it's done. Yeah. And it's not like there's someone else out there who is continuing to create additional content in that universe. So in another 30, 40, 50 years, the wheel of time is going to be one of those things that was a product of its generation. And that was it. It was a Mm -hmm. thing of the past. Whereas Christopher Tolkien did a great job, even though yes, the Tolkien enterprises were often very protective of what they were allowing to be produced in terms of other mediums outside of the literary. Um, the stuff that we have gotten has been, I think, very good um, as a whole. Um, every video game that I've ever played in the Lord of the Rings universe has been a great game. Every film I've ever watched has been good. Uh, uh, the animated films were not so great, but that's another story. Again, product yeah. of the times. It was a long um, time ago, and I watched those too. Yeah. Where there's a whip, there's <laughs> a way. You know, there's just there's some there's really cheesy songs and... Yeah. and um, yeah, but it was. It's, I love all things Tolkien. Sorry, I got sidetracked. Um, all good. So I was gonna say, uh, the was it the that was seventy something when that came out or whatever. Mm-hmm. The old, what? the old, the old Lord of the Rings. The you remember cartoon. that? It was like there was yeah. two, right? There was the was Hobbit, the and there was like the Lord of the Rings. If I'm not mistaken. Well, there was or? the Hobbit that was done by yeah. an independent thing, and then we had Saul Zantz came along with production company, and um, mm. they did the the Lord of the Rings film which was the, it only made it to Helm's Deep and then nothing else. And then another yeah. company came back and did the return of the mm. King later. And so you have three wildly different, um, 
films that make up the Hobbit, the Lord of the Rings and return of the King. Cause it's like, you know, it's, it's all done by different people. Um, yeah. Was it ever the seventies? Yeah. Cheesy songs, crazy animation. But I will say that like the, the, the films, the Saul's Ants films, um, and he's not the animator. I'm blanking on the animator. Um, he did wizards and a bunch of other stuff, which are fun, yeah. quirky mm. things from the seventies. But, um, that film inspired Peter Jackson in so many, there's so many scenes that he literally took that animated film. Like the, the one that always stands out to me is when the hobbits are hiding underneath the root of that tree and the Nazgul comes riding through and they're not quite out of the Shire yet. That is like scene for scene directly yeah. from that animated. Yeah. Film. Um, yeah. I remember that so, one too. Yeah. So did you all see the, uh, so this is where I'm going to bring it full circle back to the conversation of Amazon. We talked about like I believe they just kind of a botched new world. Okay. Like I think they'll do a good job publishing. Um, what's it called? The one that's coming out that we just talked about earlier. Um Lost uh, Ark. Lost Ark. Yeah. yeah they're, I think they're but that's again, they're not like it's not like they're developing, they're just publishing it. Right. And then New World, on the other hand, they're they're developing, right? Keep in mind, everybody, back in the day, we had news we were talking about. What was it about? That they were gonna be working on a Tolkien universe game set in the earlier ages, that they had the rights to do that, as well as a series. Series is on its way. They have done a good job, in my opinion, with a lot of their shows. The Expanse finale was freaking awesome. I, I have enjoyed not watched that. it. It's good. I, wait, I'm, I waited it's for good. all the yeah. episodes to come out, and I'm getting ready to binge watch this. Yeah, if you like it, it's it's good. And I mean, it's based on books and all that stuff. I haven't read them or any of that, but I, I actually really enjoy The Expanse uh, as a series. So... They've done a good job with that. I, in my opinion, someone I haven't read the books, although I did realize why it was that the actor got he wasn't there. I found out about it now. Yeah, I was like, uh, damn was it, dude. Season. Yeah, we couldn't just make it for two more damn episodes of filming. We had to. Oh, it's actually frustrating. So anyway, that 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 anyway, I'm gonna leave that alone. That frustrates the hell out of me. But it's a damn shame because he's supposed to be there. For that part and you find out about it anyway i think they did a good job with the world time i didn't read the books yet do plan on it in my abundant spare time i will mm-hmm. eventually catch me in 10 years probably i'll still be chipping away at it but um long and short of it is as far as series go i think they're doing a good job they're doing a boys, good job yeah. with some of the, the boys is good as well i mean that was a curveball I was like, oh, I feel like it was show. one of their earlier Holy shows, shit. one of their earlier shows, which is already off the air. But I, I feel it was very good. It was the man in the high castle, which um, that was Amazon Studios when they were first starting to produce. That was one of their first big like sci fi type shows. It's not really science fiction. It's more speculative fiction with, you know, time travel and different timelines where the Nazis and it was really good. Um, so I think that Amazon does have a good track record with TV shows. Is this real? Did you guys check out that link? Oh, I've been reading it. I've been I've been reading about <laughs> oh, yeah. that for the last three days. It's this and it reminds me so much of what I went through personally as an individual with people who thought that they owned the Saga of Lucemia intellectual property. I heard of this. When they never when they never created anything about it and it was done twenty years ago. Like some people just don't understand copyright. Well dang though. Like you bought a pack of Skittles, you thought you owned the company now? Like, come on now. What is hold on? I, I'm just gonna get a bag, a red bag with uh rainbow colored dots on them, and I'm gonna put a sprawling 
display of, of of rainbow colored dots hit all the all the spectrum all the colors and i'm gonna call it frittles <laughs> and i'm gonna i'm gonna make a hundred of these really cool prints for you to collect they'll be worth a lot of money one day i'm sure i'm yeah. sure you all feel like wasting your money on my one man's one person's man's woman's garbage is another person's treasure. I suppose <laughs> to each their own. I consider it the fancy garbage, as I like to say. I'm going to start taking a picture of the toilet when I'm done, and oh God, uh, I'm going to post those as NFTs. Uh, there My we go. couch, it's trendy. People like it. I'm sure people. Um, I'm you sure. gotta make sure that you use a black light when you right. take those pics. Right. No, red uh, You got the clean. You got the clean. The clean shots. We'll take those. We'll do some limited copies of things. They won't be on any kind of uh, 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 website. But let's talk about it. Amazon did tease. No, no, not not anything weird like a couch story that people make up. But mm-hmm. while we're doing a dark semi moton chat, there's nothing about what I'm talking about right now that's dark anything. <laughs> Unless you're talking about. That you looking backwards after you're done at your NFT creation. (laughs) (laughs) Well played. (laughs) Fucking bullshit, but well played. Oh, God, dude. Here we go. We're going to link these in chat. If you're not sure what the announcement is, there's a really, there was a teaser video for what has now got a name, The Rings of Power. Yeah, pretty cool. I mean, it definitely is a spoiler alert to what they're probably going to be showcasing. But that's cool because there's a lot of story. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's a it, lot it just of story confirms there. The timeline finally, because yep. we knew that we knew that it was going to be when Numenor was still yep. around, when the island was still there. Therefore, Sauron was still in his pretty boy state when he was convincing. <laughs> people right. to do things and and at the creation of the rings and mm-hmm. manipulating all these people into yep. the creation of the rings oh yeah so we finally got confirmation yes. i would like to say this if if you haven't watched that teaser trailer video which is cool in and of itself just Pretty because cool. it confirms the name ign has an exclusive video and I'm, i've got my own video coming out on this tomorrow they did an exclusive behind the scenes that is not a cgi production that is a you need to watch the the IGN right. behind the scenes thing. They the whole rings of power openings. Oh yeah, it's actual wood, actual molten metal with water, and they shot it a whole bunch of times with a four key four K high speed camera. The Just, water looked different. Is, I was like, "What's something wow. different about it this?" Is, it's real. That's why. Yeah, it's wow. so cool. It's been a long this time since I, you see that it's real I water. I geek out over over like. <laughs> arts and crafts stuff like this because yeah. this is a whole bunch of creative minds coming together and saying wow. you know what we could do this with cgi and it would take us you know a month and it'd be cool and everything else but what if oh. what if we did this and everybody goes fuck yeah let's you know here's two million dollars and it makes yeah. it more fun later because yes. like some of the stuff they did with the lord of the rings films like that where they got that giant ring crafted just for that scene where the rings all close and it they it, it's not just a zoom in of the ring they actually made a gargantuan one yo all these little details just make so, nerds just oh freak my out, god what if those are the I, rings I, I, they I, fucking I, wear dude yes yes oh yes. shit so um i gotta geek out a little bit about what nathan just said because there's uh um obviously with the lord of the rings you know peter jackson did a really good job with those films of of 
he knew in advance that he wanted to create all those special features. So they documented every step of leatherworking, metalworking, smithing, archery, you know, like sewing, like embroidery, like the amount of craftsmanship. And here's the model making, like, Holy shit, like Orthanc was its whole own like 30 foot tall thing. And then we've got the Argonauts, mm. not the Argonauts. Why did I say the Argonauts? The two brothers, you've got Anarian and Isildur on the side of the waterfall. Like these are these like 30 foot tall, you know, foam carved statues. But, 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 but this is where I go back to. Nerding um, so hard. It- oh yeah, 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 yeah. Because this is also, if you've, if, if you've <sighs> ever, there is a, just a depth and plethora of amazing content out there. For what went into A New Hope, Empire Strikes Back, and Return of the Jedi. Because it was all like pre-CGI, as CGI was getting going. And so the amount – like I just – I have a TikTok account that I follow, which is called Star Wars Beyond. And they do these clips all the time. And I've seen a lot of them from from documentaries over the years. But there's a lot of them I haven't seen. I'm like, where are these coming from? Because so they they did this one today, and I'm this is why I'm geeking out about this kind of stuff. They did one today, and the Empire Strikes Back. There's a shot when they're coming off of Hoth, and they fire the ion cannon to paralyze the star destroyer. And there's a cargo ship, which is a long elongated thing, kind of looks like a clam, and it shoots off into space and then goes into hyperspace, right? And you only see it for like this these few seconds on screen and you only get it from a couple of different angles. So the video I watched this morning was one of the main artists who worked on that. And he was showing all of these behind the scenes video snippets of when they were building that and how he was very disappointed because when it gets on screen, you only see it from a few seconds from a couple of things. And like, he was showing like the underneath on the underbelly of that thing. Like it's, it's like a cargo ship. So it's got all these individual cargo containers, shipping containers. They're all hand painted. There's hunt there's like a hundred of them, and they're all like connected onto the underbelly because it's a cargo ship. And you don't see any of that when it blasts <laughs> through on the way. But here's the thing: if it wasn't there, that level of detail adds to what you see when that thing goes by for its five, six seconds on screen. And it, if it didn't have that detail, it wouldn't be as impactful when you saw it on the screen. So I love watching these behind the scenes things of like Star Wars, Lord of the Rings, et cetera, where companies Absolutely. have gone and done miniatures. Um, also, uh, if you if you haven't watched the most recent um, Dark Crystal animated uh, uh, oh, puppet show, so good, go watch it. Oh, it's <laughs> a combination of handcrafted sets, miniatures, and puppets, along with some CGI. And by the way, new Fraggle Rock is coming. Same group of what? people who just did yes, what? same oh, group of people, what? same group of people who who did the Dark Crystal. Oh, they're damn. now they're coming out with a modern version of Fraggle Rock. Yeah. And they're doing the same thing. It's puppets blended with miniatures, blended with live actors, blended with uh, CGI. And it just looks fucking cool. Way to keep so, the art alive, man. Yeah. yeah, yeah so when I, when I saw the, the sequence and, and they said it wasn't CGI and then I went and watched how they did it, I was just like, oh, my God. This is cool. and, and things like that, those small attention detail like Lord of the Rings, right? Like – if it wasn't for that, then you couldn't pause the movie every 10 seconds to explain in high detail to your uh, significant other uh, all these <laughs> crazy things. Like, here's where he broke his foot when he kicked <laughs> that. His foot is actually broken. You Dude, know, like, he his tooth. <laughs> so true. 
you imagine oh, again i gotta tell you about this you know? <laughs> you, you know that the like those set pieces that if okay here's the cool thing too it's kind of like you remember like star trek next generation all the shows that we loved right remember the auctions that happened later when these things were done you imagine what Amazon can 100% do that be like, want to make a little extra Skrilla, homies? Why don't we sell that wood? Why don't we sell That's those the original rings? NFA, dude. That's the original <laughs> NFA. Because they can make some, they can make a killing off of that in auctions, man. How much, would you pay? How much would you pay per month to rent out a hob, one of the, uh, one of the hobbit holes uh, in real life, like to actually live in one? Um, okay, so you're asking a question to someone who's not wealthy. Right? Yeah, I was going to say that. Uh, yeah. <laughs> All right. Yeah. Okay. I guess it's not not really relevant. No, I'm like, I'll pay you five hundred dollar. Like, yeah. <laughs> is that good? Is that is that translate good into like that's got to be wealthy for? Well, how cool would it be? Is what I should have said. I should have said how yeah, cool would it be? You know, they, would they be, have opened things up. I think sick. and and as I understand it, it's not cheap. Yeah. It's like like some of these around the world cruises and you know they want like thirty thousand dollars a month to rent a cabin. It's like a normal person. So yeah, no. really quick, um, I did a contract for a year and a half for a group of companies, a collective called the Adventure Collection, and it's nine companies that do adventure travel around the world. So like Anderson Cooper went on one of the safaris with one of the, the companies. Their cheapest excursion is like $17,000 for like five days. It's like the only type of people who can afford to go on the excursions with these companies like Lindblad Expeditions – they have the vessels that Nat Geo uses to go explore Antarctica. So if you're going to go on a Lindblad Expeditions tour, you're going to pay tens of thousands of dollars for a week-long thing. And they got a couple of companies where it's like they've got – you go to Bhutan, right? And it's like $30,000 for 10 days. Normal people right. – that's why it's a tricky question because like I would love to live in a hobbit hole. In and also, does it have internet? Does it have internet? Because I live stream, right. so <laughs> – <laughs> upload speed's gotta be good homie i got video production i gotta upload this shit to youtube you know what i'm saying like <laughs> you know the, the, the stuff is really cool i i, I also some companies won't though like yeah. when they took down the production for uh the Battlestar galactica sets um it was very much oh no we're we're just destroying the sets like it's not you know i there yeah. were some some trinkets that the cast members got to keep, but they didn't do an auction. Yeah. It was just, we're done. It all got torn down, which I think was also unfortunate because the, if you haven't anybody out there, if you've never watched the reimagined Battlestar Galactica from the early two thousands, oh, it's a story based show that is amazing. And the set, it. the set design, the costumes, yeah. all the things they did were so incredibly done. Um, there was CGI for like the, some of the fight sequences in space, but everything else great. was like, Oh, it's just it's it was still, all hand handcrafted. One of the, one of the it's better during the test yeah. of time, pretty well oh, yeah. too. Yeah. Oh, yeah, you know, like yeah, and mm -hmm. and some of that stuff ends up like irrelevant, right? Like some things that were really big back in the day just doesn't really hold over. And so, yeah. like I saw a whole yes, video one time absolutely. about the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle costumes and how they, which by the way, look that up. That is straight nightmare. Can you take fuel. a look from the nineties. <laughs> Yeah, the gym, yeah, the, gym the nightmare the movie, yeah. <laughs> Oh yeah, because they've like degraded now and like fell oh, in this no. weird state of disrepair. That's why I clicked on the video. I was like, oh, it said, like I got the Donatello original costume, but it showed like its face and it was all scary. And I was like, oh, what well, that even you can even look at too? the um, and they the, just sold uh, it on eBay for like fifty bucks. 
What? The Imperial shuttle from Return of the Jedi that that Vader uses. One of the videos I watched recently was showing that, and and it's on display, you know, in a museum. But the wings have started to curve outwards at the Uh, top over like 40 years of time because the material that they had to use to build those had to be lightweight enough for the servos to be able to operate. And so it's not a very good material. And so after 40 years, even in a protected environment, the edges have started to warp. But by the way, technological-wise, so Jim Henson's company, that was the last project that Jim Henson worked on before he passed – was the first Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Really? If, if, yes. Yeah, if you've never watched those wow. movies from the 90s, the animatronics for those, they're full-on, they're full-size they're puppets. Good. Oh, yeah, no with shit. With inside. With people with inside, yeah. yeah, yeah. What? But it's their full-on puppets. Yeah, like all the little movements, the mouth, all the, face, the freaking, all the, computers, the whole face could puppets. move. Like, it was, it was his, it was his magnum opus puppet. Uh, shit. Suit, yeah. Dude, can we, uh, yeah, can we take a moment to like sh- hammers up? Because when we talk about things aging, we talked about Battlestar Galactica as a good example. Like one of the things that's rough when it comes to a really good set of films or like a game, right? It's like it's still having that visual, like really clean, good appearance of like, you know, feeling that sense of realism to it. Games, when they age, it becomes difficult because of a lot of reasons. But movies is is a similar sort of dynamic. And Battlestar Galactica is one that, from my perspective, when I go and I watch that now, uh, how many years has it been since it's been out? Uh, 20, I think right around 20, 22. Okay, so Lord of the Rings, Gollum, you can kind of start to tell a little bit now, but he still looks pretty damn good. And this is a good comparison, because if you go back and watch A New Hope, yeah, it looks like a movie from 1977, <laughs> right. whatever it was. It looks like a movie from the late 70s. It There are still aspects of it that look really good because they've updated it. But I'm talking, if you go back and watch the original VHS tapes from like the early 80s, like it just looks dated. But, you know, um, flash forward to uh, uh, Return of the Jedi. I think Return of the Jedi still holds up very well even these days because by that point they were getting into blue yeah, screen technology agree um, yeah. they used a little bit in, in empire strikes back but they used heavily like the fight sequences in space when they're going up against the death mm-hmm. star at the end of return of the jedi like, like those even to this day the original versions still mm-hmm. look yes you can tell their models yes you know against the blue screen but they look good like it still looks good yeah it looks good Oh man, I hope this Lord of the like a lot of people were saying. Like, I saw some comments in chat too, like Sparrow and I think some uh, Frozen, maybe Narrow or whatever, were in chat talking about this. Um, and I agree, it's it's weird when you don't hear when you get so used to the voice of like Gladriel or something, for example. Y'all think that was her? I think that was her. I think, I think it was it's probably the younger, younger actress. version. Yeah, y'all gotta think though, man. She's OG. She is like as OG as it gets in that universe. This is also why I don't understand the people in the modern day who are like, Tolkien was such a misogynist because women didn't have big roles in his books and they weren't like are you are fucking you kidding joking? me? Like Galadriel is like the biggest badass. She's a fucking in those books. badass, dude. Like if anything, I feel like she her like okay, in this in the period of the Hobbit and like Lord of the Rings, she doesn't get to you don't get to like but she is like it's not a main character. No, but she is like one of the biggest badasses in that whole universe, dude. Sauron at bay. It's like even right. explicitly explained mm-hmm. in the book yes. that Lothlorien is safe 
And even if Sauron, yep. you know, it would eventually fall, yep. you know, if Sauron was to get the ring back, but she would still be able to hold mm-hmm. out for probably thousands of years with the ring. She's a badass. She because she's a badass. You she's know? strong, Similarly man. with Elrond, you know. She's imbued with the light of the trees. That's how far back she goes. Like, she's... Yes. She's like Glorfindel level badassery. Like, and they're yes. they're like the fucking heroes in this universe, in my opinion. Like they're so yeah. So anyway, I I I'm excited because her character is one of the ones I'm like looking forward to see navigate through all this because I feel like she's like one of those foundational characters that literally witnesses so much like. She witnesses like almost everything. Yeah, but she yeah. also fucking she actually goes up against like Morgoth and goes and gets one of the yes. Silmarils. Like, yep. Like she is like the original badass Amazonian war. Yeah, and she survived it. She you didn't know? die. Like, yeah, Glorfindel dies like once. Like right, I think it's once, and he's like resurrected or whatever, yeah, and then so, he comes yeah. back with more strength. And then in the Lord of the Rings, spoiler alert, I don't feel bad about this. She should have been the one. Or sorry, yes. he was actually supposed to be in that first movie with the the water and all that because it's actually right, him. It shouldn't right. have actually been. So, spoiler alert, that's a deal. Just saying. But Glorfindel's a badass. But like like Glorfindel, Eladriel, like some of them, they're like the OGs that are still alive. Who, and they never went into the West. Like it's no. it's yeah, uh, and they've seen man, some am- shit. I am really wanting to reread the Lord of the Rings. I have yeah, not. I I've used got to it. read it annually. <laughs> like I yeah. used to read it annually. And so Hemvar, I don't know if he's still here in chat, but yeah. he's got his channel, Liam's Lyceum. Yeah. And he I does know poetry. That, yeah. He does poetry Thursdays. And he nice. often reads he often reads the poetry from the Lord of the Rings nice. and the Hobbit. And he did Stuff. one yesterday or today, this morning. He did uh Gandalf's excuse me, um Bilbo's short snippet about um about Strider. Um all that is gold is doesn't glitter and all that stuff and it was just like i i got tingles when i heard it i was like oh my god i haven't read those books in probably 10 years because i used to read them annually and then just have it and i'm like i feel like this year would be a good year to reread the lord of the rings and the silmarillion to prep myself for what's coming in september see yeah me me uh, me and my kids did it last year yeah do all of them yeah yeah i've got uh we didn't do the hobbit though so we could do that this year we just did we started Mm -hmm. straight lord of the rings I want to read the love story and the children of Hunir, like the Baron of Luthien and then like yeah. children of Hunir. Cause those two are pretty good in terms of like, if you want to like see like, well, not the children of Hunir, but like the uh, Baron of Luthien, that one's actually, you don't know it. If people, you all probably know it, but if you don't know this and you're listening or whatever, that one is like, like the heart, a heartbeat piece to the whole Tolkien universe. Cause it, because if you don't know this on Tolkien and his wife, when they, they pass on their headstones. Yes. Baron and Luthien, baby. Yeah. Are the, those two names because it was like, yeah. So yeah when I was it's 19, really cool. my yeah. first trip out of the United States was a pilgrimage hmm. to Oxford and the, the Eagle and the Child Tavern. Oh, where nice. Lewis and, Tolkien met, and I went to Tolkien's nice. grave and, and that was my first trip out of the States. That's how big of an impact Tolkien had on me growing up was like, when I had the opportunity to go, I was like, I'm going to England. I'm going to Oxford. Oh, yeah, I'm going to go to the same tavern and I'm going to sit in the same room with the same fireplace where these guys wrote Narnia and Lord of the Rings. And I'm going to go to his grave. And it was just like it was for a 19 year old kid. It was it was an experience because also you could legally drink. So it was like I'm over there and I'm like 
drinking cider and, and eating shepherd's pie and like just the inspiration that I felt. I'm not going to lie here. Like sitting in that room, yeah, I can still damn. feel it today. Like the inspiration from a creative standpoint, because it wasn't just those two guys. There were a bunch of other writers that were involved in the Inklings. But Great one too. Amount, think about this for a minute. This is, yeah. I'm, I'm geeking out a little bit more. Yeah, here. we are. Um, we're totally nerding out right now. These guys existed in a world before cell phones, before internet, before cable TV, before all of these mm-hmm. things that, as fun as they are, <clears throat> I'm losing my voice, sorry, and as as entertaining as they are and everything else, they all suck our time away from us yeah. and keep us from being truly creative forces. So these guys existed at a time where they had, let's say, eight to ten hours a day where instead of being sucked into a phone and social media and Netflix and all this other stuff, they just, this right here was like in going crazy with all these ideas and meeting up with other people and talking about their stories and reading each other's stories and passing right. notes to each other and like feeding, feeding off of each other's creativity. It's you a see powerful this? thing. Look at the debate happening in chat right now. Chat, who do you think have the highest <laughs> nerdiclorian Count on the panel. <laughs> <laughs> I don't hey, know so about that. I just want to say this that Renfell I, I hadn't heard that story. That's cool, but man. But you know what? He went yeah. on his pilgrimage. That's what that was. True. That was that Fair. was his pilgrimage. True. Um, pretty nice. I need to go on my pilgrimage. Oh man, dude. Yeah, I just you know, once you head out the door, you never know, though. You know, where the well, that's from. another. Then we get into another Tolkien yeah, uh, uh, poem because yes. Bilbo had this amazing thing. <laughs> yeah. You go out on the road, you never know yeah. where it's going to take you. And it's yeah. like, it just, it, 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 there is a part of me, <laughs> this is the sucky part um, about having, building this <laughs> is that in the day's day yes, and age, dude. you yeah. have to maintain a social media presence, which means I have to remain. Oh, yeah, dude. At all times. I know. And I have to be creating content mm. around this for the marketing purposes, which takes me away from what I really want to be doing, which is just creating. Right. Yeah. Just creating. I agree. That, you know, like See? you've been watching. Yeah. I've been doing miniature painting now. Right. Um, I do incarnate map making. I do the writing. I do, and I, that's all I want to do. But somebody has to do all of the social See? media and the marketing. And that's a distraction because it's like it takes you away from that that creative the, the you know where you want to be in the space and you're writing mm. the characters and you're creating the story and you're being artistic and, <gasps> and then oh you have gosh. to like drop out and you have to go make a social media post and it Yo. all becomes this fucking bah. I didn't mention what I'm excited about. I have now spent over 24 hours plus but I finally got just the outline of the continents of the world like the full one the full fledged this is where everything's at. <laughs> I spent like six hours last Saturday night. Nice. It was like 530 in the morning, man. When I finally went to sleep, I was like, oh, no. I like looked at it. I was like, I got done with it. I got it done. It's beautiful. It's amazing because now, now I can start to go take each continent, plug the pieces in, put all the terrain on. And I know where I want like 85% of everything to go. I got about 15%. Oh, I'm so excited, man. I'm like, but I agree because when I'm here doing this stuff, I don't feel like I'm doing that. Right. But here's the other thing. If I didn't do this, I wouldn't have any fucking friends. Yes. And also (laughs) I'd have nobody but my family. Is it? And it's it's the, the ugly side that no one wants to listen to, but it is a reality is that 
communities are the are our friends, but they are also the people who will appreciate the art that we create. And if you're not sharing it with someone, I feel like there's oftentimes, you know, if you're just creating for yourself, it's not the same thing. No, because I've, I've used the argument yeah. before of like, enjoying a sunset is great, but enjoying a sunset with your significant other right. is infinitely more enjoyable because you are experiencing that with another soul. Mm, and so yeah. being able to share your creation with lots of different people that's ultimately what every artist sort of craves, whether they want yeah. to admit it or not. That's true. Th- that he's a part of it. Yeah. And so this is the, the tavern where we meet with our friends. Exactly. Yes. That's exactly what the LFM show is, by the way. It's 100%. Right. The Ash Pathfinder podcast is where you do that, but only for that. So that's the difference here. This is much broader. Just freaking awesome. But dude, I'm so excited. I was so tired. When I got done, because for me, like with my plans, this has to happen. I need it. I need it. I need it. I need it. I need to see it. it out. I got to have it there because the second that's done, everything else is just going to like flow. And I'm super excited because like this was a big step. This was a bigger step than like putting the locations and the regions and stuff down because I had a, a vision in my mind of how it looked and getting everything to look the way like when I look at it and I go, that's that's it. Hundred percent. That feels right. That's the hardest part for yeah. me. And it's just yeah, the outline, but it's still pretty big because it's continents and all of that and regions. And I I see it. So yeah. it's freaking exciting. But ah, oh, guys, what a hell of a show! It's only a two hour one for this week, so y'all are lucky we didn't hit you with a three hour show. Um, pretty excited because we had a lot more this week and people look i was seeing people just take the rings of power like video through the mud on like twitter and shit and i'm like y'all need to chill the fuck out man you can't compare this to the lord of the rings movies it's a different interpretation it's a different group of people it's a different story it's a different time and i actually appreciated it i thought the voice was good hearing that about the the wood and it being real molten like that because i was watching it and even i was like something looks different about the water something's weird something's off with the water yes yeah, and it's because it's actually real yeah i'm gonna drop this it's a crazy very, it's short it's a short video i'm gonna drop this in the chat here. i'll totally check it uh let's open this up it is like a it's a 40 second video. So, uh, but it's, I, I I'm covering this on my YouTube channel. Cause I geeked out so hard when I saw this, um, here's this, that's the video that I, it's an IGN nice. exclusive of the, 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 this all being real. Ooh, yeah. I'm going to save that and look at it tonight, man. Nice dude. It's just, just GG. Uh, Redwood and, and Oh my God hot molten metal and high-speed cameras and i'm watching uh, water and just oh my god dude okay it's... that's sick man what uh, uh, how many times do you think they this... did that oh they say multiple so oh, I, you I bet know, they did you, you gotta Jeez. imagine they had to do 20 30 takes oh, to get yeah. all the shots they wanted um because first you have to test it to see if it's even going to work the way you right. think it is yeah and then once you once you think you've got that process down now you have to replicate that process yes. 20 30 times to get all the shots 
So that's um, link that right there. Just I'm, do it in Discord. So if y'all aren't sure, whatever. If you're listening right now, you couldn't make it for the live show. You weren't in chat. You're on YouTube. It's in the Discord. Discord.gg forward slash some more. It's I, in I there, variety. Uh, this might be a, a future project, but I, I feel Gosh. like we all. I think I feel like so. I'm speaking out of turn here, and I'm just I'm throwing this out there into the universe. Maybe it will manifest itself. I love what the guys with Viva La Dirt League have done with the Epic NPC Man show and creating all this stuff. And I feel like if there ever comes a point in time where the three of us can get into the same place at the same time, there's a lot of creative juice that could be put out there and and used to create some pretty amazing YouTube content. Um, right i feel you know don't worry guys i have a plan miniatures and listen i have a plan oh here we go it's a little long it's a little lofty it's a little long term but uh i'm I'm gonna build a castle okay first of all it's gonna be a castle human castle or puppet castle no it's gonna be it's gonna be it's gonna be made out of real brick and mortar and and i'm gonna build this big castle and it's going to have, you know, tons of wings, et cetera. Okay. And uh, we can just move in, have our own private quarters, our own oh. private areas, our own private Hell kitchens. Hell yeah. And we're, we're just going to, uh, you know, live out our our, our lives in, in, in full role play. After you leave your quarter, you have to be your oh. character, okay, in costume, like in your quarter <laughs> with your family, whatever you want to do. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. When you walk out into the rest of the household yeah. – we share the common areas together. Um, it's full role play and um, cameras everywhere. It's got to be live stream 24. Oh, it'll be live stream 24. Oh my seven. god, yeah. can you imagine if we could pull hey, that off? That'd be beautiful. Actually, I want to tell a story before Hell streaming. Yeah. This was way back, and this had to be like 2003 ish, somewhere in that realm. Uh, we had a friend who uh, we had a bunch of friends, and we all found the cheapest way to live together, which was rent a house, and there'd be way too many people living in it, but nobody had to pay anything, etc. And we could just play MMOs all the time, so we did that. Uh, but one of them, ha- he got married, so he, you know, obviously he couldn't move his wife in this crazy, weird nerd house. So uh, <laughs> he went, and they, you know, they got their own place. But he was like, "I'm going to miss you guys so much. I tell you what, I'm going to do. I'm going to set up a webcam in my living mm-hmm. room." And so we got a special little older computer and put just his webcam on that computer in the living room. And we called it, his name is Steve. We called it the portal (laughs) to Steve, right? And we had a speaker that we just be like, hey, Steve, Steve. So he would come run out of it, you know, in his freaking boxes. Like, what's up, guys? You know, so he streamed his living room like in like two, it was early 2000s, way back. I think think about that sometimes, like he was streaming his life. (laughs) I always said if I ever became wealthy, like if I ever became like ridiculously wealthy, like I'm building a fucking castle. But now I'm going to addendum to that. If I do, I'm going to build a fucking castle. And then it's going to be like, you know, was it like the the real whatever? I'd be like, all right, let's do the LFM show in in like our gear or at a round table or some shit in front of a big ass fire. Be like all in in like role, which is obviously the LFM show would actually be. That's <laughs> just ranting as real people, but the D and D or something that'd be cool, wouldn't it? That'd be so that badass. Be cool. That'd be that's very a cool. damn good idea. That's damn good. That would be damn good entertainment on Twitch if somebody had the. You'd need people with more. You'd need you'd need people with more money than even the top streamers. Really. I mean, a good yeah. example. Of this is looking at um, whether you like it or not anymore. Mm. Um, Critical Role um, yeah. now has funding 
to have because if you watch their earliest streams, it was very rough. The audio was not that good. Yeah, they were just around a table with with paper. And now, if you look at the most current season, like they have that custom built table table with all the lighting and that cool Funny. room and everything else. It's a pretty it's an it's, it's a, a cool goal setup. to strive. It's a goal to strive for. That's pretty cool, man. That'd be a cool idea, though, wouldn't it? To have a castle, have your homies get together and like go to the like, yeah, dude, that'd be fun. Plus yeah. a castle. Come on, man. I've always wanted to live in a castle, dude. I don't care for drywall and carpet. OK, give me yeah. freaking rugs, right? Stone. Oak chairs, stone walls. You know, right? I want it to be a little creepy. Do you guys Big also want your castle? Yeah, I want to be a little dark, you know, when they yeah. do like these Dracula movies, man, or uh, yeah. and you're seeing these, man, that, my mouth is literally watering. I want to live in a creepy old castle so bad. Fun. There's also something to be said because I know a lot of the, the yeah. a lot of YouTubers have their little commune. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Go, and they all live together mm-hmm. for two years or something. And yeah, they, they all build. streamers do that too. Yeah, I mean, it's, 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 it's been done, but from a generic standpoint. So, yeah, I want to do it like, you know, if you're going to do that, yeah, like, you know, be... these guys, they all moved to like Beverly Hills and stuff. Yeah, like, some expensive, what? ridiculous place. What? No, no, no. Let's find oh, some man. place somewhere cheap as dirt. Like, mm-hmm. we'll go to freaking Texas. We'll go to freaking where you can buy plots of land for five cents a mile, you know? Right. Like, you know, yeah, somewhere dude. smart. Somewhere smart, right? I wonder if I could convince my brother because he's hey. got a whole bunch of acreage um, in Missouri in the middle <laughs> of the woods. Um, it it's gets his, a little creepy out there sometimes. Yeah. He's in alt mode, right? Because you got to respect every paladin's got a death knight. I do. Hey, I'm not a paladin yet. Pantheon hasn't actually it's put true. that baby down. I'm still a dire lord right. until they decide to release it. All I mean, right. There's no paladin in any game I play right now either. So technically, I'm just got to float with what works. So look, I'll trade in my, the red light in the background for some damn torches and braziers yeah. and shit like that, right? Like some, yeah. yeah. Hell yeah. With torches on the wall and braziers on the floor and shit. <laughs> calling the calling the damn grunt, you know, to come some peon to come in and change out the wood. Some peon, some peasant. <laughs> Listen, uh, I, I do want to say something. So our average lifestyle, the yeah. average lifestyle in America, oh, right? And and many <clears throat> other uh many other countries, we live better probably yeah definitely in many cases yes. than uh kings used to live right um, True. we can get fruit of any sort all around yep. the world anytime we want you know we eat way more than we actually need mm-hmm. we 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 climate we, control climate mm. control True. i mean we live we live better than kings did back then but man we really kind of we really kind of slipped on the uh, uh sl- slipped on the banana peel as far as like structures are concerned our structures suck they were so, so much better in, also in i'm glad you said this because chris makes this observation because since we're in mexico everything here is built with block and concrete and so it can withstand everything it doesn't break down it stays and it's not pretty it's not structurally good for the eye like beautiful to the eyes but it's functional and she always asks me the question is why does everyone build with wood in the united states and i go because it's marketing that is a consumable product that can be marketed therefore houses have a finite lifespan warranties everything else tied into this the housing market in the united states is very much a a a, manipulative 
It's a manipulatable market designed to have cycles of 30 years. That's why a roof, if you put a roof on your home, you can get like a 25, 30 year. That's like the biggest warranty you can get for your home. It's like a 25, 30 year warranty because yeah. that's the lick that's the maximum expected life you know expectancy of a home that's built from wood which is a rotting organic substance that breaks down over time whether you want it to or not versus stone and concrete which don't unless yeah. there's you know salt water yeah. and things of that nature and it blows her mind why all these homes are built out of wood in the United mm-hmm. States, especially when she starts asking about hurricanes and and tornadoes and earthquakes. It's like, baby, that's a whole complex conversation. Hey, man, stone and mortar or die trying, homie. That's why I don't have a place yet, man. I'm, I'm saving up. If I got to build myself a little one by one or something, dude, F it. Wood is, uh, I would argue, because I grew up in construction as a third generation contractor, wood is not necessarily cheaper than stone. It's cheaper labor wise um in some cases because it's quick to work with right but stone mexicans build their homes for nothing did you see that hobbit homes like it's a thing you can actually get you can actually get a home that can literally be a hobbit home you could it can be literally put in the ground it's crazy as long as you don't as long as you don't use the uh uh the uh um Hobbit wording, the name. Yeah, I forgot um, they call it. I don't know if I mentioned on the show. There's a there's a guy in Italy who's building a, a a commune. He's building the Shire in in Ireland and Ireland, sorry, Italy. And he had built up this community over like five or six years and had a really big community on Facebook. And he got to the point where he was ready to monetize it. And so he launched, he was going to do an Indiegogo and all this other stuff. And as soon as he announced that he was going to monetize, he got hit with lawyers from the Tolkien estate. Because his, right. his his Facebook page was literally Hobbit County. Yep. And they're like, that you can't word. do that. So we had to change mm. it to the, the gentle county, I think is what he calls right. it now. And he's just the building it in homage to <laughs> he's built yeah. So now instead of doing it, um it's and that's marketing, by the way, Sparrow, because I'm telling you here in Mexico, stone is dirt cheap. It is like the cheapest thing you can get, but that's all marketing in the United States because it's labor intensive. Yeah. And in the United States, labor costs a lot of money. Whereas here in Mexico, labor doesn't cost shit. So that's why you can yeah. build stone and block houses for next to right. nothing. I mean, yeah. you know it's you know it's BS when they're like, "Hey, man, you know what's expensive? A rock." Like, come on, dude, get get out. So of here's here. here's a good example. Yeah, depends yeah. on how my dad, far away they are too. Yeah, the house the house my parents had up in the mountains before they in Colorado before they moved out to Missouri. My dad went out into the into the countryside into the up in the mountains and found these big ass. We had to lift them up with a loader into the back of the truck. Like you couldn't pick them up with people. Um, and these stones were freely available. Out in the countryside. However, you need heavy equipment yeah. to get them back to the yeah. house. And that's where the expense comes in. Because if you were to go to a store, let's say Home Depot as an example, and buy that slab of stone, it would be seven, eight, ten thousand dollars And that's because the cost of the labor and the equipment needed to get that and then delivered and everything else. It's a complex thing um but housing in the u.s is just so ridiculously expensive compared to a lot of other places in the world um my friends i'll tell you off air what we pay for our place yeah Um, we'll definitely chat about that 
Yeah, but don't worry, guys, about that castle thing because I'm gonna get it. Remember, we had that plan. Yeah, for man. So I, I, work I, on it, dude. Yeah. Don't worry, I got it. I got it. I got good. it. Good. All right. Good. 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 Yeah. And if uh, <laughs> look, that's that's our show. That's literally all our topics for today. Those are all the things that were on the list. I'm gonna go check out this uh, Pokemon game you mentioned though, because I'm curious about where it's at now in development. I, I heard about it, but I did not. I haven't really looked at it, so we're going to have plenty of things between now and next week. I have a feeling between now and Thursday, we're going to see a lot more because it seems like this year has a lot to be delivered. Like There's a lot of things that are hitting delivery or development this year. So I think we're going to have a pretty, pretty solid year of discussion for gaming, nerd thing shows, all that stuff. Yeah, in 2020, uh, yeah. you could remember put like a big so 2021 we kind of got the leftovers from 2020 and a lot of a lot of hardships mm-hmm. going on and and and, yeah. and studios having to work from home and getting used to that blah blah right. blah 2022 we're we're kind of just now getting back on Momentum, track man. what what would have happened in a lot of cases absolutely uh, absolutely yeah this year is the year of the bound the rebound i think is um the past year year and a half has just been like sorting out and dealing with things so with that being said though what was a damn good show we had a lot of good discussions hit on a bunch of different topics as usual in a typical format i'm gonna have my uh, fellow party members shout out their domains where you can find them when they're not on this podcast renfell most important place is going to be the weave in the void twitch channel um on sunday nights because that's where we're playing Dungeons dragons (laughs) with these two gentlemen as well as my wife and my brother um but the big thing and i want i'm gonna I'm, I'm starting to promote the shit out of it because we're getting to where we have products launching in a few months so this map behind me the weave in the void is our big project um and if you want to pre-order the tabletop book the modules the point and click game all that stuff it's uh, patreon.com forward slash wandering hermits because that's all this stuff is starting to come out this year nice. and we would love support over on patreon because you, you can either pre-order there or you can get into the book chapters and so on and so forth and then if you just want to follow along with my personal shit um youtube.com forward slash renfail which is all my gaming and streaming and stuff yeah, and if you guys want to follow my personal shit, literally, I'm going to put a little link here. Um, that's where you go, where my new NFTs are going to be. Um, <laughs> they, well, my body at least weekly, <laughs> weekly, weekly. I'll, I'll, you know, and each one's going to be unique. I'm going to eat different meals. I'm going to make sure that you get a unique one each week. Anybody's interested in uh, getting a very limited, uh, limited mint NFT collection? Um, uh, be a little bit of mint in it. <laughs> is, yeah, that, I'm in. Yeah. is that admitted that everybody's a potty nft so don't eat it don't yeah. don't eat it yeah go to potty nft.com you guys Jeez. want to check that out. actually you can find me on youtube at the nathan napalm and um yeah, let's, i swear that's a good god. point we'll do we'll do a corn one uh oh that, god that oh, no. like oh, first second edition yeah to get the hype rolling uh but anyway find me on youtube the nathan napalm or, tw- or uh, uh, uh twitter uh the nathan napalm yeah, so we might be to the end of the show, but catch us every Thursday, 5 p.m. Central. Rants of plenty in the meantime, everybody. Live your best lives, walk in the light. Have a great night. We'll see you again next week for another show, everybody. Much love.